Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Monday, June 26th. We are here live. It is a free-for-all this morning. We're going to open the phone lines right now, and then I'm going to sit back and wait for somebody to call. 855-950-3835. I have almost nothing this morning. Took the weekend off from the world, hung out, relaxed, worked in the garden, stayed away from news, stayed offline. It's good for my mental health. Although, it's almost like I got too much rest on Friday and Saturday and could not get to sleep last night. So, it's kind of a rough morning this morning. So, I still haven't figured out the sleep thing. I know it has a lot to do with stress and I've just been pushing too hard lately. Too much going on. A lot going on in the economy, a lot going on with AI, a lot going on with us trying to finish up projects. Uh, I said this week I may be playing around with technology, although I was going to get up. Well, I did get up this morning. Um, I have a setup that takes almost all the equipment and complication out of the mix. I can do the show just from the laptop alone. But for some reason, I hooked it up this morning. I was playing with it last week and had it working really good. And I hooked it up this morning and I've got some weird static coming from somewhere. So I had to abandon that idea and uh, just go with the old setup. So I'm going to try to keep the disruptions to a minimum. But at some point, I'm just going to have to test this stuff live, trying to work out as many bugs as I can offline. Like I said, I thought I was going to go live with it today, but just about uh, 20 minutes ago, I realized that wasn't going to work and had to get the regular setup in here. You know, I'm, I'm really, really kind of hyper-focused on the economy as well. I, I'm trying not to spend too much time in the news. In fact, I'm trying to stay away from the news as much as possible. But I've got to go look at economic numbers and what's going on in the economy to kind of see where we are. Just feels like this has been limbo, just just waiting. It seems like we've been waiting for a long time to figure out where this economy is going. And really what we need to do now is find the bottom. And I'm not sure we have yet. And then look for signs on how long we're going to be there. There's still a lot of things up in the air that could still affect this economy. So keeping an eye on it, it just just feels like we're just waiting. The one thing I am really shocked about is in parts of the country, real estate prices have really not come down much at all. Uh, Where I live, they started to come down. It actually looks like they might be going up again. And there's still a lot of interest when properties go on sale around here. They get multiple offers on the first day many times. We were uh, watching a property a week or so ago and multiple offers within hours of the listing. So there still seems to be kind of an inventory shortage of properties around here. And I'm seeing that in other parts of the country. I would have thought by now with the high interest rates, uh, mortgage rates being up, economy being down, that we really would have seen some of these real estate prices start to pull back much more than they are. I have no good answer on where cash should be sitting today. In fact, I'm not even all that confident about our banking system right now. So kind of a tough place to be. I think it's a good place to be right now to have cash and not have debt, but 
it's not very clear what we should be doing with that yet. Um, phone lines are open. I've got a call. I'm going to go get it. Uh, if you want to jump in, now is the time, 855-950-3835. Nothing unusual going on today. Uh, just the live show, the free-for-all. I'll stay here as long as you've got questions. Or if we run out of questions, I could quit early today. I have lots and lots to work on. I did... Um, I did spend a lot of time in the garden, probably do a, I know I, maybe I'll do an update on Wednesday. We have a guest this week uh, on Destination Health, but um, if calls get slow today, I guess I will. Let's, uh, let's go to the phones. If you want to jump in, now is the time. Let's get started in Montana. Tom, welcome to the program. Yeah, hey, good morning, Kevin. Oh, uh, a couple things. Um, hey, when I listen to your show i listen just on my phone on the let's truck app but whenever you switch over to twitter on my phone i can hardly get any reception for some reason i don't know what the well, have I, you had that complaint at all you gotta we, we have to be more clear about this and i do appreciate this kind of feedback because this is what's going to help me because I can only monitor so much of the signal here. I can make sure the signal going out of here is at the right levels and all that's happening. So when you say you can't get a connection, what does that mean? I, I get a connection, but it just, it, uh, like your, your show on, uh, on the Let's Truck, the one I'm listening to, we're doing right now, you're doing right now, it doesn't um, fade out like, like it, it, it when I go to Twitter, um, it every minute or two, it just it it just goes away. It just you know what I mean. It's, I, it's impossible to listen to. But I didn't do it on the Let's Truck. Yeah, maybe that's... I should try it on the Let's Truck instead of being directly on Twitter. Oh, okay. So you are using the Twitter app to listen live when we're doing right. the Twitter Space to your. Yeah. So one of the things we're finding about Twitter spaces, and this is the same thing I struggle with when I'm on the road. It's the keeping a good internet connection so that there's no break in the audio. We I've struggled with that since the first time we went mobile and it seems like after a decade, it's actually worse instead of better. 5G might be screaming fast, but it does not seem to be very stable. So that can happen on our app. You could lose audio because my internet stream could be disrupted here shortly. It doesn't happen a lot, but we know it happens. On Twitter, everybody is connected through an internet connection. There's no phone involved at all. And everybody's individual internet connection could have an impact on their audio. So each person speaking or listening could drop out. Like we could, everything could be perfect, but everybody's individual connection to Twitter is across the internet. So if they're sometimes just person's audio is breaking up and going in and out there's nothing we can do it that'd be it's no different than if you start to hit a bad zone for your cell phone right now and you start to cut out there's there's nothing i can do on my end that's just part of you know what happens with cell phones and internet right okay so so it it does and then i can go 
to be more of a problem on Twitter, I think because we have more people and it is an internet connection. And, you know, a lot of our listeners are out on the road and they are in spotty internet. They're not in an office or at home with rock solid, you know, fiber optic internet. So it, it's, it adds right. another and then layer. In connection, so if I have a, right, if I have a, if I had a deader spot and the other guy's got a dead spot at the same time, it just compounds the issue. Correct. So now what you would be watching for, and there's, it, it's very hard to monitor. Um, you know, you can always, when you're on an, a cell phone connection, you can always look at your signal and go, oh, yeah, I'm down to one bar. I'm probably breaking up or I'm going to lose connection. When you're on Twitter, you're not using a cell phone connection. You're using an internet connection. So now how spotty right. could your internet be? And especially when you're driving. So there are lots of things. Each individual caller could have a problem. So you may lose some of that audio. You may have a connection in. So you're going to lose some audio. So the, right. it, like okay. I said, it, it's, I, I get it. Oh, I get it. It's crazy to me that. Here's another thing. Back in, uh, what year was it? Like, oh, nine, I'm thinking. We went to Costa Rica, and we were out in the jungles of Costa Rica. I mean, we were so far away from civilization. <laughs> we had three different internet connections available to us, and they were rock solid. In Costa Rica. And here I am in, you know. In the middle of nowhere. Metropolitan areas in the United States, and I can't get good connections to the internet anymore. No, it's terrible. The uh, Vegas with Verizon seems to be the worst. Um, have you tried the the um, Elon Musk Starlink deal? What's that all about? Have you, we have do we have even, we do have Starlink. Has anybody La tried that? Last year, when I was on the road on that big trip, if it wasn't for Starlink, I probably would have missed a lot of days of the show. There were so many days where I wow. I would set up with my cellular internet, and it wouldn't be enough. And I would have to add the Starlink. And then after a while, I just started using the Starlink exclusively. And the Starlink right now. How, how much is you, that a month? There's a couple different programs. Um, one of them can get really expensive, like 500 a month. I think that's their enterprise. That TJ was telling us about it the other day. He's getting full internet connection while he's driving with his Starlink. That's what I'm interested in, but I, I don't want to pay five hundred dollars a month. Yeah, it it can. I think the basic service right now is a hundred and fifty a month, and that's unlimited. There's no kinds of data limits at all, so it's completely unlimited, just like you know a home internet would be. The part of the problem with them is they put out rules about you know if you have this service, you can do this or that or but. They never seem to follow their own rules. And that's what I'm thinking. TJ somehow found a hack around. I think he's got the lower level of service, but he claims it's working in full motion. And I don't think that's supposed to happen. Well, but it, there, there was another issue. Right, when they right. first started the service, you were you had to put in your zip code where your service was going to be. And they claimed if you went outside of that area, your service wouldn't work. You had to buy an upgrade and it wasn't even available yet. Except I hooked up the system, went outside of my zip code, traveled all over the country and it worked everywhere I went. But they said it shouldn't have. But it Well, did. maybe so maybe that 
Maybe that'd be worth a try as long as they don't throw like like the old cell phone member when they throw a roaming charge on you and you're paying four dollars a minute. You know, it, it it it. I think it's the opposite. You know, this is Elon Musk again, and and I he just seems to be really good at a lot of this stuff. I have I'm very very happy with my Starlink when we were out on the road. Um, right now, I should be using it as a backup, or maybe I should even be using it as my primary internet, um, except. All my equipment oh. is down in the shop with the coach, and it's getting permanently mounted. Oh, nice. So okay. when, I hey, get, um, when I get it back, then what I need to work on is I probably will run a, a hardwired cable from the coach into the house and then be able to just access, because the satellite's in a perfect position out back, if it's mounted on the coach, it's got perfect views to the sky. So I think once I get it back, I'll just run a hard wire into the house and use that as my internet. Yeah, there you go, right? It's probably cheaper than, than what uh, Xfinity or whatever you're well, going through I've, is charging you for, for the I, underground. I, I've got a tiny little local internet provider here with fiber optic. I swear every time, well, no, it's true. When I call, I get the same guy. Imagine trying to do that on something like right. you know, Xfinity or I, it's the same guy. It's like, hey, you know, Bill, what's going on with my internet today? And it's it's fast, but it, it it seems to be like a lot of other things. It's unstable. But here's the thing you never know. Right. Between me and my, you know, phone server or our radio server, there's multiple connections that could fail at any point. So I might be screaming that it's my local Internet provider, and maybe it's not. Maybe it's happening somewhere else in the system. Major. I, I, I don't know how you tell. Right. How do you, how do you, how do you distinguish the difference? Hey, um, the reason that I call this is driving me insane. So APUs, air conditioning, the cab for the summertime. Now, where am I off here? Now, when you're running your air conditioner, you're running the compressor on a, on a um, pulley and you're running the fan that's in the little box, a little tiny fan, and you're cooling your cab. It's sort of the same. It's a, you, you've said before, it's the same air conditioning as a, as a car. Right. So as long as I'm pulling that compressor, as long as I'm running a, a pulley to that compressor what, and running the fan, why couldn't somebody get a, or me, get a, uh, a generator that runs, not a generator, uh, um, a, a um, uh, yeah, I guess a generator, a little, a little electric motor, okay? Instead of running the truck all night, run the electric motor that's pulling the compressor, right? And then also wired to the um, the fan. Why, why wouldn't that, where, what am I missing? What fan are we talking about here? Well, the, the, the fan for, the, you know, the little box, it, it, it may, it, there's a uh, the fan for the for the blower motors for your for oh. your your oh, yeah. uh, for the your, uh, for the air conditioning inside yeah. the cab. Right. Is that the only oh, thing that you're running? Is the, the air conditioning compressor and the fan? Well, no. I understand what you're saying, but when you say is that all you're running? No, there's no way on a truck right now to only run those things. What are you asking? Could we modify them so we could only run those things? Yes. From an electric motor. Well, yes, you could. It's not the most. Could you? Let me think about this. No, it would get complicated. How do you turn the AC compressor without then turning the rest of the components that are connected with the serpentine belt? 
just like you do now where they have those, you know, they have those pulleys that once they, well, you have a clutch. Uh, like you have you on have your a, pulley, yeah, you have a clutch, exactly, a clutch, exactly, a clutch pulley. And then you wouldn't have to run the serpentine belt for everything else. So I've never thought about this possibility, so I'm trying to think through it on my feet here. Right. Um, I, I looked it up and everything, and I don't. I don't know if that's not possible. Instead of, I mean, what are the APUs of or fourteen thousand dollars? You know, I mean, all your, you know, with with uh, solar, hey, you know, put a solar panel on your on your roof and charge a battery, and and here's uh, what I, that battery will run the electric motor here, for quite Here's what time. I don't know. So if we look at the new battery electric APU systems. They are optimized to run from electric. This pump that's on our truck is not designed or optimized to run off of electric. It's designed to run off of a, you know, 500 horsepower diesel engine. My guess is, and I don't know this, but this may be one of the problems, that, that AC compressor may take a ton of juice to turn. It may not be the best option to try to run from an electric motor. That's just a guess. And I'm trying to think of other reasons that would stop this from working other than figuring out the pulleys. But again, this, this is going to get fairly complicated. Where are we going to put this electric motor? Well, yeah, I mean, depending on 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 your on your on your uh, your your tractor, yeah, I mean, it, it, I'm I'm not saying it's 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 you know really really easy. So my, my <laughs> guess is it's, it's, possible. It's, it's too complicated. I I don't. I'm not going to say it's not possible. Almost anything's possible, but does it make sense? And I don't think that it does. It's a great idea, and I, I'd like to. It, it, think it through more. But one of the things I can see is it's going to be overly complicated. You're going to have to find space under maybe, the hood. Maybe. We don't have a lot of space. You're going to have to very securely mount a heavy electric motor. And all we're doing with all this complication, all we're and we got to have belts now, new belts. We're going to have to have some sort of clutch to disengage this is a pretty complicated setup, and all it does for us is give us AC. Right. Well, well, that's all we're that's all we're looking to do. Well, yes and no. I mean, the new battery electric APU systems are full blown. You know, hotel loads, AC, all kinds of things in one unit that's optimized to run off of batteries. Yeah, I've, we, I, I, I worked a couple of years ago with a company. Well, been about I'm sure they've updated them, but those things would run uh, maybe ten hours, and then they, they, uh, your batteries would well, that's, that's, start to charge, that's recharge your batteries. That's absolutely and then were, the issue, no doubt. Battery life is still yeah, the issue on and, everything and, electric, but I don't think this idea has legs. I mean, it's just not making sense to me. And it, yeah. Okay. Maybe maybe uh, somebody can call yeah. in that knows more about this kind of stuff. Here's say, the other thing I you can You know what I mean? You. And then, and then I can quit thinking about it. Well, uh, somebody else might call in, but I doubt we're going to get a lot of definitive answers here because I doubt anybody has really attempted this. And here's what I can tell you will happen if you attempt this. It's We will run into all kinds of issues before somebody works this out. What I mean is you're going to have belt problems. You're going to have, 
you know, I, I think back to trucks that oh, yeah. the alternator mounts were never right. The air conditioning pump mounts were never right. You were always fighting with bolts breaking and your alternator coming loose. And it's hard to, to put a big, heavy accessory somewhere on that engine and get it all mounted properly. And we've got alignment with belts and I, I it just seems way too complicated to, to make sense. Okay. Uh, one last question, if I have time. Sure. Uh, Two thousand four Freightliner, uh, one twenty, about uh, six hundred fifty thousand miles on it. What What do you know about that? I'm that, I'm I'm pretty sure it has the. Uh, is that an FLD? It says a it says Freightliner Corp so, ST one twenty. It, it doesn't even say so, it's a FLD. So I'm trying to think back to 2004. So the 120, all that tells us is bumper to back of cab measurement. That's the length of that model. Okay. So Freightliner has built 120s and 112s primarily. 112 is their shorter regional yes. city, but we don't know the model yet. Maybe the ST is ST 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 ST. So the ST. So it seems to me like in the early two thousands we had the Columbia, the Century, the FLD. What other Freightliner models did we have back then? I, I don't. I don't know what the ST is telling. Is there a picture of it? Yeah, there's a picture of it. It just looks like a regular sleeper cab. Um, what well, does it? Yeah, there's, there's a couple pictures of it. Does it look it. like a like it's either a Columbia or a Century? They were pretty close. Headlights were different. It, it, it looks like a yeah. It looks like a Century or a Columbia. It looks like a Century or a Columbia. Okay, that's probably it's one of the two then. Uh, and yeah. Now, what, what was your question about it? Well, how, how bad is it? it? There's a it, there's an auction site and there's one for ten thousand dollars, and uh, this was actually state owned. And I, so, you know what I mean? So it can't, it, it, it couldn't have missed too much service time and whatnot. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't have time to do the, the uh, oil so the, sample and all that stuff. But the other thing you've got to be careful of here, you said it's an 04. Do we know if it's EGR or non-EGR? Right. You're right in the cutoff there. It, is it right in the cutoff there? It is. 03, 04. It depends on when the engine was made, when the truck was made. It's it's really iffy. So anytime I'm near one of those years where things were changing, I'm always very careful to make sure I know what I'm buying. Yeah. Here's how important this is. If it's EGR, that's an immediate no. If it's non-EGR, I'm immediately right. interested. That, that That's right. a big, big deal. What, uh, that, that's how do like, I look up that VIN number? Uh, you could call the dealer. Just get the VIN number and call the dealer. Call call the dealer. Yeah, they'll be able to. But okay. but you got to make okay. sure you get somebody that knows what they're talking about. And they're not just trying to blow you off. And you know what I mean. You got to be good at asking and making right. sure that they really the right know questions. what they're talking about. And yeah, or if you can get them to take pictures under the hood, it's immediately obvious. You just look for the EGR system. Right. So that would be my best. I would yeah, rather have somebody it. send me pictures rather than to trust somebody because this is the whole issue. If it's EGR, there I want nothing to do with it. Those early EGRs were the ones we had all the problems with. And if it's non-EGR, I'm interested. Right. Here's what I will tell you about that model truck. The worst thing about that model truck, that those years, um, the interior noise 
They're very noisy inside. Uh, a lot oh. of wind noise, a lot of that yeah. kind of stuff. And the interiors are absolute garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when mine yeah, was that, at that about, was, uh, yeah, I, I drove. A- I had one of those and at about 800,000 miles, I spent about four days completely tearing the interior apart and rebuilding it. It was just junk. <laughs> that bad. Yeah. Okay. No, no EGR. And then I'll call, I'll call the dealer and figure out if I can just scratch this thing. Yeah. 669,000 in 20 years. For $10,000 and that kind of mileage, if this is non EGR, I'd be very interested. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for the call today. Let's go to Louisiana. Mark, welcome to the program. Uh, so Friday, I tried to participate in spaces, and apparently, I interrupted everybody. So I got a new head a head <laughs> headset here, which is actually Wait. I was just using a wired in Apple uh, Apple Tied. You know, where you just plug in a twenty dollar one, and apparently, it was worth twenty dollars. So. Uh, uh, yeah. So, so this is a test to see how this works out. So right now, you sound good. What kind of headset is this? Yeah. It's a, a Blue Parrot uh, 650. I don't know. It was the top of the line. I had a bunch of yeah. I've just stopped in at Beaumont and cashed them in. So I've got one. It sounds uh, good. It's got nice. the little toggle parts. Yeah, it's the parts you can pull over and make it. You know, full headset or whatever, and you know, stereo or whatever. So I just, I mean, I, you know, I got these points, and it's just it just adds up. So I was like, I had 450 points. I'm like, well, well this is basically free. So yeah. Yeah, no, it sounds uh, good too. It's it's there's anyway, almost no background noise at all. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so uh, I don't even remember what I was going to talk about on the spot. I think I do, and I'll bring that up in a second. But uh, so to talk about some numbers and how I did last week, uh, I ran, and this is from last Sunday through Saturday, and the reason that everything ran into the full week is because I had a. AC compressor put in, which I'm going to comment about that AC in a minute. Uh, so I ran 3,264 miles, basically two round trips from Houston to West Point, Georgia, for $11,202, and that was 343 a mile, all miles. And I, and I got, and that's including loading for today, Saturday. So I preloaded to start the week, so I'm loaded right, and I didn't have to load today. So, uh, and that's if things work out, I can generally do that almost every week. Nice. Uh, a comment on the AC, that guy just needs to get him a Honda generator, take out his right seat, and put him a little AC in, and just plug it in. And and one of the things, you, you when you have one of these that you understand is that AC has an exhaust. And it's like when you put the exhaust out the window, you it's hot air. Right. So there's... Right. When it's cooling, it makes energy. It's got to go somewhere. So to try to mess with what's up there would be like, well, you got to account for all that energy and dissipate that heat that's generated so, by cooling the air. And I don't even know the principles. I'm not even – I'm just going off observation. So, uh, you know, even the so, old window units, if you remember, that blow hot air out. Well, they, they have to. I mean, that, that's the thing. An air conditioner, yeah. in one sense, is actually a heat pump. It's taking heat out of the air, and that heat has to go somewhere. That's what cools the air. So you're right. There has to be an exhaust that gets it out of the space you're trying to cool. You can't stick an air conditioning 
unit in a room with blowing cold air out one side of it and hot air out the other side and expect the temperature to change in the room. It's not going to happen. So you've got to vent that out. And APU has a self, yeah, APU has a self-contained unit in there separate, and it's got a little engine back there with a little fan that has a coil that it blows through there and dissipates that heat out of it. So, so I, somewhere um, there's got to be a fan blowing. Uh, well, and he he did talk about that. If we could just wire the, you know, the cooling system fans that are already in the truck. I don't know why this has never come up before and why I'm so confused about how this would even work. I'm confused because I've never thought it through. I, I, but I'm wondering why we've never... I have a feeling it would just not be efficient trying to turn that compressor with an electric motor. Yeah, efficient or practical. So and I don't want to be the guinea pig for that. No, it's too uh, complicated. I think the comment I was going to make on the, I think the comment I was going to make on the spaces had something to, along the effect of they were talking about salaries and contracts and and uh, you know ABF and I was going to bring up well. Basically, and then Craig Fuller posted about this this morning, the yellow freight is broke again, and they're out of money. And it's all these union, even in the car hauling side, there's a company, one or two companies, and one in particular, they've always got money problems. They're, they're always broke. They run around crappy equipment, and it's like... Uh, I mean, I mean, not that there's nothing wrong with crappy equipment if it works. But, well, <laughs> uh, yeah. You yeah. know, the... Uh, uh, it, it, there's there's always this money problem that union companies seem to have, and they want Constantly. the government to bail them out. Constantly. And that's what happened to Yellow. It, it, Yellow. And if ABF comes through with that contract, like that guy was talking about, well, they're going to be they're they're going to be on the they're going to have problems down the road. So well, I I, I uh, never understand why it's okay for our government to take our tax money and bail out the Teamsters pension fund. That makes me even more crazy. And then they go and bail out the the Teamster companies, the union companies like Yelp. And look, we need to be clear and fair about this. Trump did it too. And I bitched when Trump did it. Yeah, he did. It's just wrong. It's completely wrong. I don't care who's in power. This needs to stop. Nobody will ever bail out your and my 401k if we screw it up. Why do we have to bail out the union pension fund? That's bullshit. That makes me crazy. Let them fail. I mean, they they took the gamble by going to work there. And, uh, uh, you know, they sat there and demanded all of these and, and, and it's the it's just as much the company's fault for caving in and giving Correct. the benefits that they they clearly know they can't afford these. I mean, they they have to know that. Uh, why would they do that? I mean, if they did not know that they were going to get bailed out. I mean, I don't know. It's almost like there's uh, there's a, a a plan that's behind well, the scenes planned or some you know kind of collusion. Is. No, it, it, between it, it, the is, between the unions and the owners. This is kind of easy. Well, I don't know what might be going on between the unions and the owners, uh, but as far as as unions and the government, that's the problem here, and it's just wrong when they use our money to bail these companies out, and then it's even worse when they do it with the pension fund. That just makes me crazy because nobody else gets that. 
Everybody has to decide how they're going to save money for retirement. I've had to save my own my entire life. I've never been part of any kind of employer plan. Nobody's making any contributions for me. And I've screwed mine up a couple of times. I, I made some fairly big mistakes early on, lost a bunch of money. Nobody came to bail me out. And here's another thing. The comment on there needs to be a rule, a law, or whatever about mandating hourly pay or whatever. For I don't think the government or anybody needs to be, other than the company itself, needs to dictate how people are paid. I mean, that's the not – I mean, if you want to pay hourly, pay hourly. If you want to pay mileage, I mean, hourly is probably better to – work with the, your employee to get him to really slow down and be safer. But, I mean, it's not the government's job to come in and mandate how you pay somebody. Well, so I, I, I mean, agree with like you. Saying but that, why? So then let's look at, because trucking is different, and we should at least address that. We do have lots of laws about how companies have to pay people. They have to pay a minimum wage. We, we have none of that in trucking. Well, I was going to bring is, that up. Yeah, there is no minimum wage. Yeah. We have to pay overtime. Uh, farms, at, at, too. You know, with each yeah. state has clear overtime rules, anything over 40, anything over 8. It, you know, there's some different rules around the country. But we do have a lot of laws about how companies have to pay people. Yeah. I, I Yeah, that, I mean, it's. There's oil field. I, I wish we would just drop minimum wage completely. It's a totally ridiculous I mean, system to me. The, the, the thing is, like I said, I've worked in, uh, when you think about having to hire an employee, you've got to be able to budget for that employee. And you've got to say, well, I've got to make X amount of dollars to be able to pay X amount of dollars or Y amount of dollars. You can't just say, like people, you know, they get out there and they say, well, you need to pay $15 an hour. Well, if you're going to make a profit, you've got to be able to justify that expenditure to be able to uh, hire that employee. If not, then you've got to make do with what you have. I mean, and, and I think people fail when they go into business to try to add employees to budget properly of, of what they can allocate to pay somebody rather than just say, I'm going to pay you this. Well, well can, I can you afford to pay that? Do you know? I, I yeah. can tell you this. That 90 plus percent of the owner operators, if I had to put a percentage on it, it'd probably be high 90s, could never correctly add a second truck and hire a driver. They can't do it. Many of them try. They don't do it correctly. They call them independent contractors to get around all of the expenses. And and that's why they do it. So just... The, the cost of hiring a driver properly to put him in a truck, workers' comp is through the roof. Then you have half the Social Security, half the Medicare. This is why every owner-operator that tries to add a truck calls their drivers independent contractors. It's completely wrong, but they do it because they have no other choice. They could never, they wouldn't make it one month trying to pay that guy as an employee. Well, they, they don't understand the, the, I mean, I've seen this from when I worked at my office space job in a cubicle, how to budget for budget for a whole division of a company. You've right. got to, to add an employee. You have to be able to justify that in the whole, and let's break it down. Let's say you want to add a driver Will you buy a truck. Well, you've got to, that truck's got to make X amount of revenue to be able to pay for itself, to be able to give you some kind well, of a profit. 
And you've got to be able to pay that driver. And But if you don't look at it that way, I mean, that's why I have no desire to add another truck. Not at this point. I'm 58 Correct. years, 58 years so, old. It's like, you know, this is easy right here. It's like adding more trucks. It's like then you got to find somebody that's worthy of, of being a driver well, when all the good drivers are already hired. Well, so, let's think about this. Here's what I want people to do. And part of the problem with trying to have this conversation is there's not enough people out there with numbers. But if somebody came to me and said, hey, I'm thinking about putting on a truck. Okay, let's look at your current numbers on your truck. And then we need to adjust that downwards by at least 10%. A driver will never produce the same results you're producing. They won't gross as much. They won't net as much. You've got to adjust that by at least 10%. 15 is probably safer. Now, here's what we've got to do. We have to be reasonable. If you want to be able to hire a decent driver, you're going to have to pay the prevailing wage. Based on the report that I just put out last week, Atri puts it out. I was posting it and talking about it. That driver is now costing trucking companies. These are fleets that you've got to go compete with for drivers. So this is important information. That driver is now costing that fleet 90 cents a mile. When you add up their wages and their benefits, that just happened in the last couple of years. It exploded the pay for drivers. We're up to 90 cents. So you would have to look at your operation and do you even have 90 cents a mile left with you driving the truck? The answer for most people is absolutely not. In this market, you're probably not even close to 90 cents a mile left over. And if you were, all you would be doing would be buying a truck to break even. And that truck is a depreciating asset. That would be ridiculous to do that. And yet you're going to see it. People are going to go out and buy trucks because they're cheap. There's going to be a bunch of drivers around looking for work. And these owner operators who manage to squeak by will be adding trucks and it will be a nightmare. Well, and and it goes back to knowing business and running your business like a business, not like a driver. And going back to like knowing exactly what all your costs are to say, okay, do I have the work? I need to make the truck's going to cost this. The truck's going to cost this. And, uh, every, it, I lost my train of thought because I no, got you, my customers calling me you, right now. Can I go? Yeah, go, go ahead. I'm going to have to go. I yep, need to talk to fine. the customer. Y'all, okay. Cust- Thanks. All right. Customer Bye. always comes first. Let's, uh, let's go to Missouri. Tony, welcome. Yes. How are you today, Kevin? Doing good. What's on your mind today? In, uh, well, the first caller was talking about uh, when you switch over to Twitter. I look out, and I've had several instances where it would just drop off completely, and I'd have to reopen the app. Of course, it catches back up. Some days it does it more often than others. Some days it don't do it at all. But I, I've had that happen several times. Again, it's everybody's individual Internet connection. And then because of well, the software. But see, I'm on, when- I'm on you. You're on what? But I'm on your app. I'm on your app on my phone. Correct. I'm not going but, to Twitter. I'm staying no, on less truck. Okay. I understand. Every every way of listening to this show requires a solid internet connection. Every way. There's no way we could ever get around right. that. We. The only way we could ever get around that is we'd have to go back to broadcasting over the air. 
I'd have to go find a radio station somewhere. I, we're not going to do that. Those days oh, we are don't want to do that. Yeah, this those, is so much better. Yeah, yeah, this those, is so much better. Those days yeah, are yeah, gone, yeah. right. So, but it's frustrating yeah, yeah. that our internet has gotten worse over the last decade instead of better. That's just shocking to me. It, and it's frustrating I, because I, no matter, like, again, no matter what we do, it's everybody's internet connections. There's so many weak spots here now with our app or Twitter, either one, if that connection breaks long enough, then there's probably something else we're going to have to reset. We're gonna to have to restart the app. If I am the one that loses my connection to a Twitter space, if I'm gone too long and I don't know what the time is, I can't figure it out yet, that space will end for everybody and I have to start it over. If, if participants lose their connection, oh, they could okay. drop out for an hour and come back and we might still be there. But if I drop out and I can't yeah. get reconnected fast enough, the whole space ends. Right. Well, I just want to give you some feedback on that because of the, no, the first, it, it, first caller. It, and then it now if I go lot. back and listen to it, uh, if I go back and listen to it, you know, after the fact, it plays straight through, no problems. So, so what that tells us is you know, like, that like, your... That that problem when you lost the audio when you were listening listening live was on your end. And then when so if it were on okay. my end, no wait. Okay, here's here's why this works. We record locally. I'm recording physically right on my laptop here. So my voice will always uh -huh. get recorded, no matter what the internet connection is. Your voice, you, you, you hear it all the time. I'll be talking to a caller and they'll start breaking up and then they disappear and then maybe they'll come back. Maybe they don't. I can't do anything about that. That will not be on the recording right. because we lost that audio. But the, the local recording will always have my audio with no interruptions. And as long as the caller's coming through. So the recording is always a, a better version than the live was. And the other thing we're doing that's helping some with all of our audio quality is we run all of those recordings through AI now and AI cleans it all up for us. Okay. All right. Uh, I have a question about uh, blood pressure. I, uh, it's, it's coming up on DOT physical time and I have been eating keto slash carnivore for uh, probably at least six years. Good. Uh, and not to say I don't ever fall off the wagon, but, yeah. you know, sometimes I do. But my blood pressure has always ran a little higher than what I would think on, on that with me eating that way. I'm usually upper 120s to mid to upper 130s over, say, so, low 70s to mid 80s. So here's but my thought when I go in that. for my DOT. Here's my thought on that first, okay. and then I know what you're going to say about the DOT, and we can address that, too. Um, he goes up, yeah. I, I think your numbers, even though they're not right on 120 over 80, um, one of the things we have to remember about our medical system, they are notorious for changing these clinical ranges so that they can sell more drugs. Oh, yeah. No. Cholesterol is, is the, yeah, the biggest no example of this. It used to be like... We could go back when statins first came around, and if you were under 240, over 240, they'd start pushing statins on you. 
Now I think they start pushing statins at about 180. Well, well what changed? Come That's on, crazy. there's there's no evidence that, oh, in, in fact, the evidence yeah. is the opposite. Yeah. That it, when your cholesterol starts getting low like that, that's when we start seeing problems, especially in older people. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah, so they do uh, my this. My cholesterol is up there, and I'm not concerned at all. Exactly. You know? So they, they, I think they've done the same thing with blood pressure. I think people who are like, you know, consistently 128 over 88, that's fine. I don't worry about that at all. Sure. I know it's slightly over their yeah. ideal number, but I wouldn't be doing much of anything at that point. If you're not taking Cardio Miracle, I would. It does seem to lower it. I do. And, okay. Um, so what you are experienced then is what we call white coat syndrome. Your blood pressure goes up because oh, there's a doctor or a nurse around. Sure. And like I said, as long as I'm under 140 over 90, I'll get a two-year card, but inevitably when I go in there, it's going to creep up a little over that. And then, of course, you know, like you said before, first thing they do is run you in there and sit you down and throw a cup on. Well, yeah, I do. always have to finish the physical and then go sit in a room and relax. And I usually squeak by. And like I say, my pressure is usually a little higher than what most people might consider normal. But my practitioner, she's like, which I'll be 55 in September, she's like, at your age, she says, as long as you're 150, over 90 or below, she said, I, I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, see, said, and, I, and, and that's from a doctor. She doesn't want to go I'm, to medication. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little more yes. careful about saying that because, yeah, I do realize high blood pressure can cause strokes, but I'm with her. I think they have driven those numbers down to yeah. the very bottom. Um, it, when I first, you know, started keto carnivore, mine was a little stubborn. I would always be around 130 over you know, 88 or so. And, and I think, God, why can't I get down to that 120 over 80? And Cardio Miracle did it for me. But yeah. again, I don't know what mine would be if I walked into a doctor's office. It, it would probably get slightly elevated. So there's there's well, something else now, you I've could experiment I've only been doing the cardio. Okay. We'll come back to the Cardio Miracle in a second. Here's something you could experiment okay. with. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you have a cuff so you can check your own blood pressure? I do. Okay. I would experiment with this. Try try dehydrating yourself for about 12 hours and then take your blood pressure. Oh. See what happens. Play okay. around with it. You may find that it drops pretty significantly. So blood the, the first line of blood pressure medication is nothing but um, diuretics. They make your body get rid of water. The less water we have in our body, the less volume of blood we have. And if there's less volume, then there's going to be less pressure. So it might be a hack that can work for right. you just when you're going in to kind of okay. offset uh, the white coat syndrome. But I would experiment with it first. Yeah, I'll give that a shot because I got two weeks before I got, I've got i got to get it done. You know. Yeah, I would experiment. And, uh, but the cardio just, miracle, I've only been doing it for about two months. So, I, I mean, you, how long does it take to really notice a big effect? Because I really haven't changed much. Yeah, normally we see the effect within that 30-day window. So by 60 days, you should be seeing the effect. Okay, all right. Well, I'm, I'm on my second container, and I'm not to the end of it yet. Are you but, doing one uh, serving a day or two? I'm probably about halfway two? through my second container. I, I do two, sometimes okay. three. Okay, and, and that's good, and like especially it. in the beginning. Yeah. 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 That, that should be so, fine. Play, play so. around with the dehydrating hack and see how that works. 
Okay, and one more thing before I go. I sent you an email yesterday on Les Truck. It was an article that I saw, and I thought you, you might uh, find it interesting. Uh, a uh, baseball team, it's a minor league baseball team, uh, Macon Bacon. The <laughs> government, some form of the sent them a, a letter uh, insisting that they change their name to a health. And they even so, suggested a new name, the Macon Bacon Bacon. Tony, did did we thought, did we wake uh, up in communist China? Uh, man, that's crazy. I, I don't know. It's, name your I, baseball team whatever I, the hell you want to name it. The government has oh, nothing the, the whatsoever team, to say about this. The owner of the team replied that the the bake, making bacon will be sizzling forever, and he'll change. He'll never change the name. Good for never. him. I said, good for you. Good for him. That's exactly right. All right, Kevin. Have a good day. You too. Thanks for the call. Our government is so out of control. Let's uh, let's go to Las Vegas. Greg, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. How you doing? Good. What's on your mind today? Okay, so I have a 2011 Freightliner Cascadia, the first year regen setup. Um, I've got the DD13, 12.8 liter. 373 gears with a 10-speed Eaton Fuller RTO 169.10C. Weighs about 18,800 pounds. Um, I had to put a one-box in it. Um, anytime I would idle with this truck, first-year regen, you know, I'm using eight gallons of fuel if I'm 10, 12 hours at a, at a place, you know, overnight. I drive from California to Salt Lake, and then I stop at home in uh, Las Vegas. Go to uh, Sometimes I have to stay in Barstow, so it gets 100. 10, 120 degrees. And the air conditioning thing. So I kind of solved this. Um, I heard your, your caller this morning talking about, well, why couldn't you use a generator? But he was talking about, I think, running the air conditioning from the system of your truck. Correct. What I do, I probably look like Jethro, I look like Jethro Bodine at truck stops from uh, Beverly Hillbillies. Here's what I did. I bought a $400 generator from Sam's Club. Little red one, 2200. Um, I run that generator behind my truck, or sometimes if it's really hot, I'll run it way back behind my trailer, run a 50-foot cable, and then I have a cable going into a junction box, like a little quad box, inside my truck so I could see it, turn it on and off, so I could, if there's any problems, I could turn it off. But then I run a window air conditioner. Now, this is so I don't idle. Mind you, I was using six to eight gallons of fuel idling with this thing and then in the morning i would have to do a you know 20 30 minute regen every time and on these older trucks like this that is a problem so um what i did was i bought a window air conditioner and then i have this little covering it sticks out i put made a plate and then i have a, a little um two by four i set down with a wing nut and a screw and i make a stand onto the step so it supports it really well so it's sticking out the window, and then I have a little cardboard cutout that just kind of holds it in there as far as uh, so no air comes in from outside, the heat. I've been doing this for five years, Kevin. Uh, I we, get 11 hours on my little generator. Yeah, we, we've been talking about this for 20. This is a really common, in fact, one of the yeah, callers I, already today. Yeah, this is, we've been talking about, you know, go get a cheap generator from Harbor Freight even. get If you really want a good yep, quality yep. generator, grab a Honda. They're really good. They're quiet. They start easy. They run fantastic. They last forever. Uh, and they're still fairly inexpensive. Um, you can do the window air conditioner. Yep. You can do the room air conditioners now that sit inside, but they just have a small tube. 
that you can stick out through a window and you can make a little template to stick it out there. So, you know, you completely seal out. This is this is the most cost effective way by far of providing AC at the lowest possible price. But there are some downsides. And I have it, it, no problems. No, with and, and everybody says that it, it works really well. Here are the things you should know. It takes up some space, uh, whether it's your window, you yep. still got to carry that air conditioner around, whether it's a room air conditioner. So, you know, in a single driver operation, we actually re- recommend just taking out the passenger seat. Put everything over there. It's right That's by the what window. I did. Yeah. Take out that damn passenger seat. Yep. Put all that equipment over there works fantastic it's inexpensive and then the next thing you have to realize is yes you've got one more thing you've got to do you've got to walk over to the gas pumps with a regular gas can and get gas once in a while other than that this works really really well for a lot of people this is what i did Um, i have a 48 inch mid-roof and so what i did was i took out the seat and then i'm going to answer some of your other callers questions i've heard over the time about refrigerators I bought just a small little intense, um, it's called um, bar refrigerator, and I've got a 3,000-watt inverter, and I plug it into the inverter when I'm driving, and it works great. Um, I recently went to a little bit larger of one because I'm going out a couple longer days than normal, and it works great as well. I didn't want to get the 2.4. I got a 2.0 from Lowe's. It's an intense as well because I like the brand. I've been using my little bar fridge for five years. But I'm smart enough to know that I'm never going to leave that thing on overnight when I'm not around. If I'm sleeping in the truck, hey, I see the plug, I see the, the refrigerator, and it's not a problem for me to go, hey, if something smells or burning, I would know about it. But I always turn it off when I'm not in the truck. And I've heard other guys say, oh, I'm afraid the thing would catch on fire. So am I. I turn it off, and it takes an hour to get cold again. So, yeah, I take a little cooler home take my food out, put it back in, turn the fridge on, within an hour it's back on. Then what I did, Kevin, was to solve the air conditioner storage problem, I put a set of uh, drawers, like a little side bed drawers or three drawers, I put little hooks on them so they don't open up all the time, and I put the, the air conditioner on that and put a, a, a strap on there where it straps my air conditioner inside the cab. Then outside, I have boxes, you know, just normal storage boxes, I put my generator in there and the gas can in there. So every time I run out of gas, I uh, at the end of the night and end of the morning, I put my generator in there. It's empty. It's it's cleaned out the the fuel cock uh, for this you know the bowl I guess you'd call it. And uh, then when I'm ready to get fuel, I take my five gallon uh, little gas can. And after a week or so or whenever I need to, I just fill that up every time I use it. It lasts 11 hours at one gallon. I'm paying for one gallon of fuel a night. That's four dollars in Utah versus oh, uh, five dollars times eight. Yeah, well, there's there's no <laughs> $40 doubt. Forty dollars a night, right? And the idle we know is not good for emissions. Anytime we can keep idle down, I, this is this is a great setup for a lot of people, no doubt. And the refrigerator thing is way better, guys. When you're using this fridge at Lowe's, this intense. I don't use the freezer part of it. I took that. I bought the one without the freezer, but it's right next to me. I could reach over and grab a drink. I don't have to pull over to do it. It's right at the hand level. It's wonderful. And having the drawers right here, oh, my gosh, I, I got my tools. I got my all my stevias, all my, my coffee products right here. 
And I get truckers that walk by and go, I would have never thought to do that. I go, you know, I used to take my wife every now and then, but she hasn't been with me in two years on the truck. It's like, yeah, I'd rather it, have this space in a 48-inch it, sleeper. Uh, yeah, it, it that space over there, that driver's seat can, can be um, a great little treasure if you can just get rid of that seat. There's lots of uses for that space. Let's, uh, oh, what's going on here? Hold on, let me refresh. Um... We've got calls coming in. We don't have any screens yet. Hold on. Let me try to figure out why not. Um, oh, there we go. Okay. Um, yeah, we've talked pretty extensively for a long time about the, um, you know, small gas generator, room air conditioners. There is a, a really nice option for the back of the cab. If you don't have that space that you can take out the seat, uh, Coleman actually makes a nice RV air conditioner and it's really been more designed for trucks. Call it the back of the cab. And you do have to cut a hole in the back of your sleeper, but you mount the outside unit on that back sleeper wall and then the inside unit goes inside uh, and that can be run off battery or generator. Um, I would probably have both. If I were setting this up today, I would either buy one of the integrated all-electric APU systems, and they're fairly expensive. That, that's the big downside to those. They work really well, though. Uh, or I would be doing this. I would put that Coleman back-of-the-cab unit on. I would have as, as much battery power as I could possibly get. To, we could see how long we could run that. But why not throw a cheap generator on there? Run it off battery as often as possible. But if you have one of those times, just flip the generator on. Now, if you're not using that gas generator all the time, you're using battery as often as you can, you're not going to have to go get gas all the time. So I think that would be a, a good uh, good setup. Let's go to California. Jeremy, welcome. Hey, I was listening to Thursday's call. I mean, Thursday show uh, over the weekend, and um, so I was calling about the uh, numbers from getting a tattoo, you know, uh, blood work now. I happened to be getting blood work right after I got a tattoo. Right. And I heard Brandy call, you know, about, she said she had tattoos necked up on her eyes. And then um, some parents called about about it. I, re I what You know what, it, I don't remember the CRP, what it was, you know, but I know my cholesterol went up to like, 430 or something crazy. So oh, yeah. I'm sure my CRP was up there, too. That's right. And yeah. pe people might wonder, well, why and would the cholesterol go up? Because that's how our body fixes damage from inflammation is with cholesterol. Yeah, you know, and I've taken one. I haven't had a tattoo in, you know, what, five years. But I, blood work I took was not too long ago. You know, it's like 239, and I'm uh, CRP's under one. Now we you know, meat, fat, so. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, uh, I you know, I never, yeah. but we, there's so much of this we don't think about. You know, I, I was just thinking over the weekend how little I put on my body now, you know, the products that I, but you, you think about how crazy it got, you know, just, just think about, I was never really into this, mostly because I haven't had hair for a long time. But, you know, there, there's pre-rinses and then there's conditioners and shampoos and after treatments. And, and 
All of those things are slathering a bunch of chemicals all over our body. And then you think about oral. You know, there was a time we were told to brush your teeth. Then we were told, well, you should brush your teeth and you should use this mouthwash. And then, well, you should use this pre-rinse to break up plaque, then brush your teeth, then use this mouthwash. Well, guess what? There's three or four bottles full of chemicals we're putting in our <laughs> mouth every day. And then skin care. Oh my God, we, we scrubbed our body and there's no oil now and our skin's either too oily or too dry. So let's use this lotion for dry skin or oily skin. And, and then there's this, you know, after shower thing. Yeah. And, and you start thinking about, I, I want people to go through their, their medicine cabinets, their, just go through the house and look at all the chemicals that you're putting on your body every day. And we wonder why we're sick. There's so many things we do wrong when it comes to health. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. Yeah, Cammy. I don't know how long it's been. Maybe she's working on a year, over a year or, or at, maybe a year coming up. Yeah, she stopped coloring, using color, you know, can't put her hair. Right. So uh, there's another one. We're going, hair, yeah. We're, hair color. Uh, we're going home. Makeup. Yeah. We're going home to enjoy. Yeah. She doesn't, oh, she doesn't use any. Yeah, she, that, she stopped Lisa, using that a long time ago. Lisa doesn't either. No yeah. hair dye, no makeup. I love that. I mean, why why do we put women through that? Right. So we're going to go home and enjoy her 50th birthday. Actually, I'm going to this place. We're going to this place called Waco Surf. It's actually a, a they made a wave in a lagoon, you know, in the middle of Texas. And it's actually a moving wave. It's not the it's not that thing you see on a cruise ship. We're just a, a jet, a jet of water. You know, it's a. a actual wave they made so i'm gonna go check it out and uh but but anyway have you you remember that movie uh escape from new york back in the 80s i remember the movie but i never watched it i don't watch many movies oh okay because i was there was a there was a guy you know new york was the prison and there was you know prisoners there and then there was the kingpin guy like he had a chandeliers on his cadillac and you could hear him coming down the street. I was, so I was going to say that uh, Brandy, I, I love the wind chimes. It, it always reminds me of that, that dude, the Duke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, I thought, it was, I thought it was pretty funny, but yeah, I like it. There you go. All right. Good stuff. <laughs> Thanks for the call. All right. Let's go to... Uh, I'm not sure if Greg is in Las Vegas or Oregon. No, maybe he's in Las Vegas. He wants to talk about Oregon. Uh, maybe that's what it is. Greg, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, was, I was just talking to you, and I got cut off. I'm sorry. Um, my wife and I are talking about moving to Oregon. I lived in Grants Pass for about a year, and I liked it. That was back in 2009. We're talking about Salem, that kind of area, not quite up to Portland area. Um, so we're, we're, we're looking at Salem and we're just, we watched all these videos about, you know, all the crime and all the, you know, uh, different things that happen in Oregon politically and stuff. And I'm definitely a libertarian like yourself. And they said a lot of great things about Salem. And I'm concerned about uh, the encampments of the, you know, more, I don't know why they call them homeless. I mean, I understand they're homeless, but they're more vagrants than anything. Choose to live an alternative lifestyle. And, you know, the system is all so screwed up. But I know real homeless people, and, you know, you want to reach out to help those people, you know. But these other people, we're talking druggies and stuff like that, and she's so worried about that. And what do you know about Salem area? 
So here's what I can tell you about Western Oregon. And when I mean Western Oregon, anything between the Cascade Mountain Range and the ocean, that 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 far west. When you get east of the Cascades, the whole state changes. It's far more conservative. Uh, If you're going to live west of the Cascades, then I would not want to be near an urban area at all. They're awful. Portland's a mess. The graffiti, the homeless encampments, the tents everywhere, the trash in all the, you know, whether it's Portland or uh, Salem, obviously, is the capital. You've got just same kind of problems there. All you have to do, though, is get, you know, 30 minutes outside the urban area. Is, Is that a possibility or do you need to live closer in for some reason? No, that's fine. No, that's fine. And being an owner operator, um, you know, I, obviously the I five corridor is something you can do. Um, yeah, you know, I, I just kind of, I, I love it. Trying here. to think what I could do. I mean, My I, wife works from home. I love Oregon. I do too. I love and Oregon. I, just like I, 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 but I will, I, we used to go to Portland quite a bit. We're, we're 40, 45 minutes from Portland. Um, that used to be a nice day trip. Go down there. You know, we used to walk the Pearl district. There were a couple of restaurants we really liked. Uh, the best ice cream in the world. Right. Uh, it's just, it It used to be a fun, unique city. And it's always been a little weird. You know, you, you've always had your weird people here. That doesn't bother me. Um, the homeless and the trash and that kind of stuff bothers me a lot. The graffiti. So I just don't go to Portland yeah. anymore. I mean, really, I have not been. We used to go to Portland what? probably two or three times a month, sometimes more. I haven't been to Portland in a couple of years and, and have no plans on going. Has those problems... Yeah, and I don't of, want it anywhere. It's too, uh, too much snow and rain, too. Occasionally, you will, you know, we see, we do have some homeless here in our little town and we get the zombie RVs occasionally. And then after a while, the police will move them along. So <laughs> we, we deal with it a little bit, but not enough that it really bothers me. I mean, I'm far enough away from it that we really don't deal with it. Is Eugene much much different than Salem, really? It looks kind they're, of very similar. I know Salem's larger. Um, yeah, they're, it, it's a smaller version of Salem. I mean, that that's really, you know, college towns, a lot of the same kind. And, and again, if, if you can just get 15 minutes outside of the suburbs of those places, then you're fine. Yeah, and I'm, I'm noticing more bang for your buck. I mean... Being in Grants Pass, whenever I had a house out there, everyone had a wood shop or something that, you know, their grandfather had. These houses are, you know, 70, 80 years old, and they're in mint condition. and have an old Ford Maverick that looks mint in the right. driveway. It's like, <laughs> right. oh, my God. And it was, like, just amazing to see it's all like, these old cars driving around, and like, they're mint. It's like going back in time almost in some of those areas. Oh, and but the neat thing is, is, like, if I was buying a $450,000 home, you know, in, in, in southern Oregon, I mean— I get an 800 square foot shop, man cave. Oh yeah, you know right. I got a little building. I got right. outbuildings, everything. I get five acres. I mean that's that's what I'm trying to tell my wife. I go, I get the most of this situation. A lot of time you get, you know, water rights from wherever. And so what I'm looking for is something like that where I can be close to a city metropolis within 30 minutes that has Costco's, all the main things, but also has a lot of water, camping. I'm a lot so, like you. I get, I'm an outdoorsy person. So, so Oregon, is, <laughs> Oregon is loaded with places like that, really. 
Hey, just figure out again. It yeah. sounds like you want to be somewhere central uh, and on the I-5 corridor. So those are the areas. Um, you know, one of the areas that is kind of getting to there, it's close to Eugene is Junction City. That's where my coach is. And that I'm so familiar with that area. It's pretty rural. A lot of farmland out there. Um, and yet you can be nice. within, you know, 20 or 30 minutes of Eugene. So you, you've got the Costco's and, you know, just about everything you want. Like it. Yeah. All right. So let me ask you another question real quick, because I like the Landstar model. I called Landstar and they said, oh, so what do you have? I go, I have got my doubles, my triples, my drive van refurbs, all that stuff. They go, do you have your hazmat? I go, uh, no, I, I don't want hazmat. They're going, uh, sorry, we can't hire you. I go, oh, you got to do hazmat. Oh, no, you don't have to. You don't have to haul hazmat. You just have to have your hazmat. I'm like, well, if I'm never going to haul hazmat, it's no force dispatch. No, I go, then why do I have to have my hazmat? Because you just do with our company. So I'm like, okay, you have any thoughts on that? Or do you know anything about that? Other than I think you're correct. I, I don't keep up with a lot of details. Even when I was working directly with Landstar, I didn't keep up with a lot of those kind of details. If they're telling you that, then I, I would believe them. I mean, I would believe that it's true. And my take on it is... This logic it, doesn't make sense on it. Correct, it no? doesn't. And let's let's just address that. Makes no sense whatsoever. It's not logical. If that's what it takes, then why not just go get it? It's a one-time event. You're done. Yeah, I guess. I, I'm just kind of like the whole thing just like rubbed me wrong. Okay, real quick. Um, I was talking to you. I had that DD13. I've got a 10-speed DD13 with 373 gears. Ooh, um, who the I cannot hell built get, that thing? I, That's awful. Well, it. it yeah, I'm I'm lucky to get if I on a good day on a light load I'm getting six to seven miles per gallon at sixty-five miles an hour. My speed rates with this at tenth gear, fifty-five miles an hour, I'm running twelve fifty RPMs. At sixty miles an hour, I'm running thirteen fifty. At sixty-five, my normal driving range, I'm at fifteen hundred. At seventy-five, because Utah's eighty, well, forget, which I never for, go seventy-five. For, forget, but yeah, you should never be running this truck at seventy-five miles an hour. This truck shouldn't even be running truck, at sixty-five. Truck, no, and here's the thing: um, I know that they switched over to the DD, well, the the thirteen with the twelve speed, and then they dropped down to the obviously a different ratio. The biggest problem I'm having with this truck, I mean, I, I can I can suck up the fact that it's one, it's paid for. Two, it's got a brand new one box, and it's got only two hundred thousand on a rebuilt motor. So I'm going to keep this truck. It just so if so I one wait, day get another, it just makes no so sense I, to get another truck. Can well, I change well, wait, the tranny out? Does it make well, sense? Well, wait a minute. A, a lot of things would okay. have made sense a long time ago, and we need to go back and address those. Why did you buy this truck? Were you just okay. not aware of how bad those specs were? Um, my brother's company had. Uh, I didn't know. No. My okay. brother's company had 450 trucks, and he called me and said, hey, I got an opportunity to get you this truck for 25000 It's got 50000 on a rebuilt motor. Now that I look back on it, why did it need to be rebuilt at 500,000 well, miles, as you say? I'm, that, that, I, that I, was I see a, the light, but I already bought the thing at so that point. so many. Boy, with brothers like that, you don't need enemies, I'll tell you. Holy shit. Well, he, um, he, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if he knew as far as that part of it. 
But he said, Wait. hey, for $25,000, you are going to get a truck with a new motor. And then the one box so, went out, and they so ate what? the one box for me, too. So so, so what? This, still, this truck is caught, and then you what? rebuilt this thing. So they rebuilt it. I bought it already rebuilt. Oh, you put a one box miles in. And it had to go out of their system. He put the one box in, too, after, after a month of owning it. He said, your one box went out? He goes, hmm, okay, bring it in. And they ate a $16,000 one box. So... I so have a new motor. When, when you say your fantastic, when, when you say your brother's company, he's the owner of this trucking company. He's he's the COO. These, these trucks. I I, I would. They, how long they have they have been in business? Forty-eight inch sleepers. Uh, fifty years. Wow! Why can't it? They they pull a lot of dry vans and they do a lot of flatbedding. Some of the I worst specs I've ever side. heard. How they're surviving? Three seventy-threes. Really? That that you could? Oh, they they've got twelve speed. Oh, now they don't have that now. He he came into the company fifteen years ago and did a lot of changes to it. And those specs are not even on, on the table. At at the price I was getting this truck at the time made sense. No, it's it paid didn't. For, it's no, it didn't. I can money. tell you that. It not didn't. on fuel. Well, well, no. If we look at this truck overall, it hasn't made you nearly as much money as you could have made during this time. That that truck was not a good purchase. You're not wrong. Yeah, I. I, I so now. Um, well, I own it now. We, what can I do with it? Should it? Should I put so a can, different gear rating and then put a third twelve speed? I, I don't think I would change the transmission. One. The 12 speed requires a whole bunch of different programming. That may not be that big of a deal. But if you were to go out, can you do any of this work yourself? Can you buy used parts and do any of this work yourself? No, no sir. Okay. Then this no, becomes a problem. No, but I have access Here's, to a shop. Well, well, no, I understand that. But shops have to make money. They're going to charge you a shop rate, and we're going to have to, you know, pay them for I get, parts. I get and, his shop rate of $75. That, that I helps. I get this shop rate at $75. Well, so here's what, well, here's <laughs> what you need to do then. You need to go to them, the shop, and say, what would it cost me to change rear-end gears to 264s, That's, that we could start there, and and then what okay. would it cost me to put a 12-speed? My guess is you're not going to get away from anything less than 15000 to do both. And that, to me, is hard to well, cost-justify. Just That's why... Well, just the rears, I don't know, five, six, seven thousand. I don't know. It depends on where they get the parts. This this price, I've seen people do but, it themselves for two thousand. I've seen a chop a shop charge seven thousand. So it's probably in between there somewhere. That's just the differentials. Transmission could be yeah. double that sometimes. Yeah. So you've gotta go well, see. Can what, I use two sixty fours with a ten? Yes, you can. Okay. So Here's the problem I'm having right now beyond, you know, a lot of the stuff you told me. And I've seen the light, Kevin. I, I believe everything you say, but I've already owned the truck. And I, it's paid for it. So, you know, with a new motor, new one box, and all the stuff that I do with the fridge and everything else, I've got it. I've got the system down on this truck pretty well. Now I want to go to the next step level. And I know I, I, I made a bad purchase on a lot, of, a lot of stuff with this thing. But here's the problem that I'm having that is very odd. I, I have to drop down to 55 miles an hour and ninth gear to change my jakes because my jakes don't do nothing at 10 speeds. My concern with 264s is, okay, I'm going to be going down a grade now, and it's such high gear. Am I going to have even more trouble with jakes? Because 10th gear jakes does nothing for me. That, it don't uh, hey, slow hey, down. Hey, I have hey to drop Greg, it. Greg, 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 stop. Why do yeah, you yeah, yeah, think yeah. this okay. truck has 10 gears? Aim with it. I mean... 
to Quick use them. I got if the, the jig doesn't today. work good at yeah. 10th, then come down the hill in 8th or 7th or 3rd. Well, That's why we have 10 gears. We get to use them anytime we want. No, the Jake isn't well, going to be. This is automatic. Jake, I know, but there's a manual button over there. It is, but I have to drop well, it down to 55 miles an hour. And coming down a hill, I'm sitting there heating up my brakes to slow it down to no, 55. What, no, 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 no. You start at the top. Okay. You pre-select your gear before you're on the downhill side. You start slowing down near the peak. As you peak the hill, pre-select the gear and use a gear where the jake is strong. So you're not, you're telling me you're gaining momentum okay. down the other side and then trying to use your brakes to slow down. No, you got to do it before that. Well, and we got to we got to no, get, get in that, that gear. Here's, Jake's all Jake's are RPM specific. The higher the RPM, yeah. the better a Jake works. That's just how it works. So right when when we have trucks yeah, where we there, I'm uh, running my tack at two thousand. So what? <laughs> that doesn't hurt anything. Okay. Okay. I mean, I would be careful with modern engines right, well, to go to say twenty five hundred. We used to do that all the time. I, with modern engines, I would yeah. be. But two thousand to get eighteen hundred, the Jake should start working good. At two thousand, it's really strong, and that's where you should be. That's where the Jake works. Okay. Okay, that's good to know. So I. And that, that's not that big of an issue then. I just, the other thing is, is even if I'm in ninth and I'm going down the hill, all of a sudden it will switch. If it's over 2,100, it'll switch to 10th gear, whether I like it or not. It won't hold that gear going down a big grade when I'm heavy. It just won't. Put it in manual. Now, I don't know if it is in manual and it still will jump over on its well, own. Then you, you I think have that the was one of the problems with these at. early smart shifts. Okay. How, what year? I that. forgot. What year was this? Kevin. This is a first-year uh, generation, 2011, DD13. Oh, yeah, but that's it's smart shift. I, I, had, I, had terrible spec. I, I had smart shift technology a decade before that, and it worked just fine. The auto shifts, yeah. yeah. I remember the U.S. Express trucks. I used to buy them, and, and we used to use those all, all day long and everything. They were, I, I always thought the, yeah, the I, technology was great. I go um, all the way back to the original auto shifts were actually something called Top 2. Only the top two gears were shifted automatically. The rest of them you shifted yourself. I think I remember that. Yeah, they were called top two. Before I was driving, I, I used to sell trucks. I used to sell trucks. So I used to get that all the time. I'm going, oh, oh. So, yeah, yeah. I'm going to look into that. So you don't think it should be a problem with this transmission to put those um, 264s in, huh? No, it's not a problem. Is it ideal? No, okay. it's not ideal. But this truck wasn't ideal. And to get it there is going to cost us a lot of money. It, it had both the wrong transmission and the wrong differentials. And that's just expensive to fix. I mean, if you can afford to fix both and we can predict a, a payback and we should, um, I would just, I don't know. I, I may, honestly, I would try it with the differentials first. I would do the differentials first. It doesn't, doesn't do you doesn't save you any money to do them all at the same time, not really. So I would try the differentials first. I would try to find them used and I'd try to get them, you know, installed as cheap as possible. Let's go to Texas. Dwight, welcome to the program. Oh, let me try that again. There we go. Dwight, are you there? Oh, there you are. Yeah, I'm here. What's um, on your mind? Before I get to my... Before I get to the first question, uh, let me just tell you real quick. I've, I've been doing a lot of research on the AC. I've seen several of them, and people are overlooking these mini splits. 
You can well, get that, several brands. That's what the Coleman is. I could have said that, I guess. The Coleman really is a mini nope. split. Okay. Okay. Uh, because I've seen several, and if I've just got a single bunk, so you got to put it on the inside. The just the head unit and everything else is on the out and and they do heat and cool and that's what I like about that so more what, than as much as anything and they just so let me explain yes. those too. There's something you should know about those. Those are those are much more like the uh, RV rooftop units. Those are heat pumps, and I'm familiar with heat pumps because right. in the part of the world I live, we use heat pumps for home. And they can heat and cool. Uh, But I will tell you this. If they are a true heat pump, not a mini split with a heating system, there, there is a difference. So some of the mini splits have true, like I have mini splits in the house, but I also have heat pumps. The original house was built with heat pumps. The addition we did with mini splits, and we didn't put heaters in ours because we have heated floors. We have the the water uh, flowing through the floors to heat the floors. So you have to understand, if it is true heat pump technology, and some are, they don't work in extremes. The the heater won't work very well when you get under 30 and the air conditioner won't work very well when you get above 90 or so the air conditioner is actually probably better than the heat on a heat pump um but so in in our original house when you have heat pumps they also have emergency backup heat that's just pure electric strips in the in the ductwork um, and when it gets cold here, when it drops down into the 20s, the emergency heat comes on and it is expensive. You can watch the electric meter start spinning. That's just very, very inefficient heat. So just know if you run in extremes, I would stay away from heat pumps and go to true mini splits. Oh, you mean like 111 tomorrow in Texas? Yeah, no. heat pump does not... <laughs> does not do quite as well as true air conditioning in those kind of temperatures. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, um, they're making some true heat pumps that I'm, I'm going to try one for an auxiliary on the house that will work 100% during the day. If you got a, uh, with, with 1200 Watts of solar panels, uh, and it'll automatically, you hook it up to uh, electricity, 110, and it'll switch back and forth if you got full solar. And it's a true heat pump. I'm going to try one of those uh, there as an auxiliary on the house. So uh, when I get that in, I'll report and, yeah. and see. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of excited. I hope it works like they say. Yeah. So where are you getting but the solar from? Anyway, uh, well, I'll be putting in uh, 1,200 watts of the solar panels, and I'll just be putting a small array in front of the house. 1,200, that's all? That's it. They say that's when it'll start running. It'll start running before. Boy, that doesn't, yeah, seem, like that, a, uh, that doesn't seem like enough. I know. The um, Anyway, it's uh, the company. There's one other I've seen, but the main one He's, is uh, three, what is that, uh, 3EG... So let me ask you this. Four, EG4. Right. Let, let me ask okay. you this. Are they, are they, did they reach out to you and are they pushing some sort of tax credit program? 
No, 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 no. Okay. Nothing. And the, and the reason no, I no, ask this, that uh, is this is just, the government subsidies oh, yeah. around solar have destroyed that industry. I, I am so leery oh, yeah. of solar companies now because they all jumped in because of the big government credits. And these companies are going out of business left and right. They make promises. Oh, you're never going to pay an electric bill again. And that's bullshit. It's absolutely not true. People are finding out that their solar stops working. These companies are gone. They never eliminated their electric bill ever. There's just a, it, that whole system no, is just no. a mess now. No, I, I agree, and I knew what was going to happen. And then when you said, hey, I touched out, and, you know, and your phone blew up, I, no. This, it, there's, a, there's a company that's actually in Texas called Signature Solar, and on my research for a mini split for the, for the house and possibly the truck, uh, they, there's a company that's out there, EG4, and they have two of these mini splits that will work 100% off solar. And it doesn't take that much. And it, it literally, and there's no inverters, there's nothing in between. It goes straight from the solar panels straight to the unit. But you do hook it up for electricity and it will alternate if it's not producing enough, you know, because it's not doing nothing at night, you know, right. obviously, because there's no batteries. And uh, if it works half what they say, uh, hey, if I can cut my, because when so, you need more AC during the heat of the day. So this is what I'm afraid of. If it works half as good as what they say. And part of the problem is now 90% of the companies out there are telling people total bullshit. It's just not true. They're, they're just outright lying about the capacity and the capabilities of these systems. They are telling people, look, you put in our solar, put in these batteries, we'll get you the big tax credit. You'll never pay another electric bill again. In fact, they're going to be paying you for power. And it never happens, ever. It, it, it's just this whole industry is making me a little crazy. Um, and the problem is, just like I predicted from the beginning, there's too much government money and it, they're making a mess of it. Let solar it's either going to work at the price we would have to pay for it without government credits or it's not if we're not ready for it yet. But all these people, yeah. I, massive complaints about this stuff. Right. Well, I'm, a, I'm very, is, very skeptical nobody of, reached a, up of a and, heat pump running off of 1,200 watts of solar. That seems just, just yeah. way wrong to me. I, I, that just doesn't seem possible. Well, the, they have two units. They have a 1,200 BTU and a 2,400 BTU. That's what they call the hybrid. So, uh, and you can get the unit for around $1,000, and then you got to get your solar panels. And it's all a plug-and-play system. Uh, it's just like the Mr. Cool. It's got the pre-charged uh, AC lines. And, uh, and and the cables. Uh, wait, 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 wait a It's minute, just plug and play. We might be getting confused. Let's take a step back. So there's two things we need to talk about. We need to talk about the solar power coming off the solar panels. And you were telling me that was 1,200 amps. But then you started talking about BTUs and you said that was 1,200. 1,200 BTUs won't cool a closet. 
Uh, I'm sorry, 12,000 12, BTUs. 12,000 BTUs. 12,024,000. So, yes, sir. So 12,000 BTUs will, will cool a room of about 350 square feet. That's it. So yeah. d- double well, that. Well, they claim five, it's about 500. Well, they're pushing but, it. And, and think about that. How, how many mini splits do you have? Well, I have none at right now. No, I, I was going to put how, in the uh, forty-four thousand. Right, which gives you. I'm going to well, say safely gives you seven hundred square feet of cooling. That's it. Well, that's really all I want. I'm just wanting this because I have a three-ton unit on the house. I'm just, but it's an older house. It the west side of the house just it just the other unit just can't so, really do it. Okay, so. I think that the more, although it might be fun to play around with this, but I have a feeling they are really, really stretching all of their numbers as far as performance of this system. And you're going to be horribly disappointed with the real world performance. It may be enough to to add on to what you already have. I don't think it's the most efficient, cost effective way of adding on. Might be something to play yeah. around with, but I, I, I well, they, like I said, they're they're really stretching their limits on on the performance. And this is what I see. It, look, it, it's similar to electric cars right now. You know, they give us the absolute maximum yeah. range of that car under ideal perfect conditions, which never exist. Temperature changes a little bit, that range drops. Uh, you know, start using more accessories, the range drops. Do a lot of it. It's just they're giving us the absolute best case scenario on all this stuff, and it never happens. I, I would just just be very careful. I, I started down that road. I wanted to put a bunch of yeah. solar on my house and start playing around with all of this, and I backed away because I, I'm just sick of all the uh, corruption and scams in this industry. Yeah. Well, I might play around. My my plans are play around. Like I say, it's. These are panels that I'll set up myself in the yard. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's not a big system. It's not, it's, it's more, it's my first attempt there in playing with yeah. some solar that I do. That that makes sense. That and, and that's, that's but, what I would do. I, you know, and I keep thinking about it. But yeah. So to play around with it, see how it works. I think that's a good idea. Just, just be careful. Don't, don't. Yeah. Yeah, because there's, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, because I know some people that played around with $50,000 worth, and we just had a family reunion, and uh, yeah, they, they're they not real happy now a year later. I'm like, that, yeah. That seems to be the <laughs> it's norm. It's crazy. Right. But, um, hey, before we uh, go, let, let's get uh, – let me try now that I've wasted all that time, <laughs> although I thought that was good. That was good. Uh, okay, for my um, birthday – um, you know, um, my daughter, um, I, I have, I have a lot of problems, um, uh, with energy and this and that, which we don't need to get into everything, but, um, so she was worried. So for my birthday, she bought me these patches made by a company called LifeWave and evidently they do a lot of patches. This one is called the X39 and it is supposed to activate my stem cells to help me have more energy and feel better. 
and uh, I, I tried to do a little research. I just got them, and but uh, wow, I just curious if you had anything. It just kind of scared me when I first read it. But um, I would. Uh, tend do you my, know anything? I know nothing. This is brand new. Um, I would tend to say this is bullshit. Uh, there is a lot of research into stem cells and stem cell therapies. I didn't know that anybody was anywhere near just a patch that actually, oh, wait a minute, it says activates your stem cells. That's very, very different than stem cell therapy where we're harvesting stem cells and then using them. I, you know, right. How, how right. much is no, this? No. Let me go look. How much is this stuff? I, I, I don't really know. She, she got it for my birthday, so I, I don't know what she paid. Well, once you've got it, you... And, uh, I, yeah. uh, let's see. Oh, she's got it. I've got it. I, I didn't, I hadn't put anything on this weekend. I, so, I wanted to. How many patches are you getting here? Because this bundle is $180. Uh, uh, 30 days. Uh, that's probably what she got. 30 days. 30 days is for what it is. For $180? Sheesh, that's yeah. expensive. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what's mm. in these patches. What what the hell's in it? I know. Um, I know. But, let, let me look, because I always want to... Let's see. Nowhere am I seeing what is in here and what... It tells me it activates your stem cells but it's i'm not understanding any of the science i can't find any okay here we go uh carnosine glutathione um what's this sp6 uh, you know they they give me a lot of studies which is absolutely um worthless to me you can yeah wow. I, I can't find ingredients uh you know, it always, why hide it? Why, why not just tell me what the hell's in this? Don't make me, let me go to frequently asked questions and see if they cover it there. It worries me when it seems like they, okay, so this, their, their science is phototherapy. What? Your body emits heat in the form of infrared light. Our patches are designed to trap this infrared light when placed on the body, which causes them to reflect particular wavelengths of light. This process stimulates specific points on the skin. You use it because you've got it. I would not spend a penny on this garbage. Here's what it's telling me. This little patch that I'm putting on my body is going to reflect a little bit of infrared light back into my body. I, I'm spending lots of money on infrared lights trying to get them to be powerful enough to cover enough of my body to have an impact. And they're telling me this little patch is going to reflect enough of the infrared light that's in my body. This is this sounds like total hocus pocus. Yeah, I was kind of sad she spent the money. Uh, I thought I thought I had her on a better uh, health yeah, this pathway to to not this this does not sound like anything uh, that I would want to be. Oh, and and here's the other thing: this has been around since '04. 
Come on, in, in today's world, yeah. if this yeah. stuff works, I would know 15 other practitioners that are using it, raving about it. It's not like it's some brand yeah. New, yeah, new, new technology. It's been around, obviously, for two decades, and I've never even heard of it. That doesn't say much. With all the reading and research. Yeah, I see, I, I know, and I thought if this was something you and Dr. Wilson down at this health aging or increasing, whatever oh. they called it. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a uh, minute. Now You would have seen it. Here's the final nail in the coffin. This is basically multi-level marketing. There's a whole, I can't find any ingredients, uh. but there's a whole section in here on how I'm going to make money selling this to all my family and friends. Oh, shit. That's what I was afraid of. I, I think she just wasted a lot of money. You know, her heart was in a good place, it, but it, it was. But the, this, um, yeah, th this is a, a multi-level marketing. It, 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 this is garbage. Total garbage. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Well, uh, that's kind of what I thought. I just when she you, told me. So, so you could uh, do this. You've, you've like, got you've got a month's supply. You could be the guinea pig and tell us what happens when you try it for a month. <laughs> Hey, uh, one thing, I don't know what goes on with my body, but um, when, the, when the temperatures heat up, of course, everybody's going to say, well, of course, when it gets hot, you, but when it gets hot, uh, man, my body really does shut down. And hey, I'm sitting in an air-conditioned truck or a house for the most part, so. You know, some of that. But, some, some of that does have to do with your overall health and energy levels. Some of it is just conditioning. You know, coming out of winter when we're not used to that kind of heat, when I get out in the garden in the first couple of hot days, I don't have the capacity to work long days in that heat, but I condition to it pretty quickly. Oh. Well, let me throw in real fast. Uh, it is it is neat to have this Garmin watch, and since we've been getting these 100-plus degree days, and, and now, you know, now getting close to uh, 110 111 uh, my hrv tanked i'm almost to the red yeah um, mine mine is yeah. tanking too yeah. you know the hrv i i am finding it takes a lot of work to build it up it doesn't take much of anything to tear it back down mine is back down into the i'm climbing out of the 30s into the low 40s but uh, i pushed too far, so now I got to try to recover. Let's go to Louisiana. Mark, welcome. Yeah, I'm back. Uh, one thing I wanted to tell you is that last week I went ahead and called Nastic and I said, "Hey, uh, I want to do the uh, the conference because I've been a member since really I started. That's the only thing I did right when I started yeah. this business <laughs> was I joined Nastic. And uh, I mean, seriously, yeah. <laughs> really, but I've never been to the conference, and it's like. So I'm going to go, and I'm going to come hang out with y'all. So, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, they, apparently a lot of people that listen to you as part of the tribe, but they were kind of surprised at how many people are calling the book and come because I was talking to Debbie there, and she's like, I said, yeah. I said, I've been a member. She said, I see. She, and you haven't been here. And I'm like, I just haven't really made time or whatever. But I said, since Kevin's going to be there. And she goes, yeah, a lot, him and his tribe, a bunch of them are coming. So that's what she said. <laughs> We're going to so, take the place over. I love that. Hey, I, I, you know, I've never, like I said, I've never been there. I've always heard 
heard them talk about how great it is. I'm like, you know, might as well just, you know, take a few days and go up there and uh, and hang out. You know, it'd be good, uh, good networking. And, you know, I'd just be a chance to thank you in person for all the everything that I've been able to accomplish through your uh, advice and leadership. So, yeah, it's, uh, uh, well, I appreciate it. I, I, I'd love to see a whole bunch of the tribe there. In fact, I hope we have so many people call that they have to, like, get a bigger space or something. Uh, I think that would be awesome. But, you know, it, it's it's um, it's interesting that Nastic has been around a long time doing this. I've been around a long time doing this. Um, we've talked to each other a couple of times over the years and maybe talked about doing something together. And I, something obviously changed because when he called me this time, and it was out of the blue, we haven't talked in years. He called me and he said, we've just got to do something. He said, we've got to stop goofing around and do something. He says, both of us are doing the same things and we could be doing so much together. So I, I'm excited about it. You know, it went from, hey, you should come to our event yeah, to, uh, you should come to our an event and let's have you as a speaker. And then it was, okay, well, we're just going to make you the keynote. And so the whole thing's growing and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I went ahead and... Uh... I'm gonna go up there for all the all the days. Maybe come an extra day. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna probably use that as a springboard to jump off to a week and a half of vacation. Uh, I'm gonna, you know, you were talking with Herschel about how he needs to take time off. Well, I, I've been hitting it pretty hard here, so I'm gonna take a week off and the, uh, starting the 19th of this month because my daughter's got a vacation and I've got this benefit with southwest airlines called the companion fair so i put her on it since i don't have a companion so we're gonna go to california uh for a week she's never really been seen the state and then go up and down the coast and then i'll go back to the end of next beginning of uh, august to the sierras because i'm i'm gonna do mount whitney this year i'm gonna go to the oh, top awesome and there then you go. what i want to do is what i want to do is after either no either in early november or late October, and I was just thinking of this the other day. I was like, "Well, you know, Jimmy Buffett hasn't been back to to Paris since 2019, and I haven't done any traveling internationally since then. So I'm going to go back to Europe, and I don't know if I'm go I'm going to go see a friend, a couple friends in uh, in the UK, and then going over and rent a car. And I'm re I'm going to rent a car in uh, Paris, and I'm going to drive, spend a week driving around." That's just what I'm going to do because I've never done that. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, you know, go go down go down to the south of France, drive over to Italy, maybe come back up through Switzerland, and uh, because it's very affordable oh, uh, yeah. to rent vehicles yeah. over there, and yeah. you pretty, you get your choice of an electric car or a diesel or a diesel powered. So uh, I'm just going to get a diesel powered Peugeot probably. For that sounds like whatever. fun. But yeah, that you know, it's like, like that's why you work your ass off out here is to be able to go and do things like that, and and so. You know, I, I do need to step away at times or whatever, but, uh, uh, you know, and then, then like I said, I, you, you just, with that David Owen, getting, getting David Owen involved with having him on every, all, every so often and, and the talking about the conference, I was like, you know, because they were saying, you need to go, you need to go to this, and I was like, I really don't have time, and it's like, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Now, now I just, I'm going to make the time and do that because it's like, I feel like, I need to do that and kind of just connect with other people and all like that, you know, so it, in the industry and, 
you know, I've never been to this event. I've been to a lot of the events in trucking. I've done a lot of events in trucking. I, there is something powerful about being in person. You know, I do a bunch of webinars and they're yeah. okay. Uh, and I do courses and they're okay. There's something very powerful about being in person. Honestly, I think everybody should probably try to do two or three events a year in their industry. Yeah, well, I, I, I met up with Paul and a couple of them at, uh, at Matt's. I was only able to spend a day there just because how it worked out. But this time, I mean, I went ahead. I'm just going to, since I have so many damn points with South, because I use the Southwest personal card. I put everything on it and put everything, and I just pay it off at the end of the month. So it's like all these points, it's like, Flying is almost like it's complimentary now because yeah. of what I, how I use it. And, you know, yep. we were talking the other week about getting the cards and using them right. Well, that's what that's how I use them. Pay them off. There you go. And use the benefits get, from them so get to, the for vacation purposes. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, so I, um, but anyway, I, I look forward to seeing y'all up there. Yeah, I, I should start planning my trip because I, you know, I need some time off. I'm probably not going to take it anytime soon. We've just got too much going on. I may take a long weekend here or there to try to recharge a little, but I, I think I, I'm going to, I need to come up with an idea for 10 shows that I can record myself and they're only going to be an hour each, or I could bring in a guest more, maybe even do some more podcast kind of stuff where I just bring in a guest interview them, do it recorded. I want 10 shows uh, because I want to take two full weeks off. I haven't done that in a long, long time, and I don't want to do it and just play replays for two weeks. So I'd like to come up with an idea to do do a series of 10 shows. Maybe they have a theme. I don't know. Maybe they're just random. Um, when we head there, we're going to have to just kind of get there because by the time I can close everything out here in the fall, the garden, all that stuff, we're probably going to have to take off and just go right there. Um, after the event, I think I might want to take two weeks off this year. So I need to start planning for that. Yeah, do, do it. You need, you need that. You need to get, get, you need to get away and take some of your own advice. I do. I do. It's uh, time. And, you know, the, the long weekends are nice, but it there, you know, to me, there's there's a magic number of getting away and it's about 10 days. So when I used to take yeah. regular vacations, I always actually I made my vacation three weeks. There was something really magical about after that second week was over things. It's like it almost takes me two weeks to really wind down. And then it's like that that third week was really, really relaxing. And it just it changed a lot of things. Taking three weeks off for me now is really difficult. But uh, two good well, you weeks. You just take off the rest of November because you got holidays. You got the holidays at the end of the month, which just really screw up the whole week anyway. So if I can think of some, some you know, you know good content, I, I just might do that. So thanks for the call. Good stuff. Calls are piling up on me. Oop. Yep, got to move along. They're starting to pile up. Let's go to Wisconsin. Scott, welcome. Hi, Kevin. Uh, I just was uh, listening to you say earlier that how government's out of control, and I know how of an outdoors person that you are. But I just read, I actually have a place in Arizona as well, so I just read from the Mojave County Supervisor, which is one of the largest counties in the area, uh, that our government, the Biden administration, is proposing that they're going to take the BLM lands that are that they mostly have west of the Rockies, right, um, and turn them into conservation lands, which would then 
place with your coach or whatever and camp on it for up to 14 days. Or I use it a lot. Or you can, you know, go yeah. gold tanning. Or, we, we have. Yeah, and you can take your ATVs. Well, they're talking about taking it all away and turning it into conservation land, which is prohibited. And, so and, and would allow any of these so let me let, let me let me ask you this. Let, get it, a lease uh, of the land. Hold on before yeah. before we get too excited. You say your county is telling you this is happening. Okay. The, the Mojave County. You know how big Mojave County is. Yeah. Okay, so that supervisor or whatever had put out on I think it was news break this weekend that this has come across. So They've here's been here's, here, here's what I would that do. They intend to turn it into conservation well, land. But I, I there are processes for that. And I don't know exactly what the processes are. The EPA can do an awful lot of stuff without voting. I, I don't I can't comment on this. I don't know if they can do that. I, I would have to look to see how they're trying to do it. What agency are they using? Do they need to write a law? I, I don't know. But one of the things I try not to do. I try not to get too excited about stuff like this until I can verify it. This stuff, I see it all over the place and, and half of it isn't true. You know, I, I here's, here's a good example. For years when I was saying, you know, with all the emission issues and carb, you should seriously consider maybe not going to California as part of your operation. And people would call me constantly. Oh, but Utah's doing it. Texas is doing it. Louisiana. And I'd say, no, they're not. No, they're not. I've looked. I keep hearing this, that all these states are going to do it, and nobody is. There are no laws anywhere about this. It, and there's so many examples of that. So I try, before I get too excited about anything, let's just go verify that it's actually happening. Yeah, I, I understand that. I'm just saying it, I think everyone needs to do some research into it and make our voices heard because those you know, they have, they run right now on Lake Mojave, which is, I don't know if you know the lake system, you know, it's Paul, Mead, Mojave, Havasu, right? Right. Um, yeah, I've camped all over down there. operate, like Catherine's Landing, yeah, Catherine's Landing is a conservation area where they do lease that land from the government to provide the marina and the boat slips and the campground and all that stuff. And that is an area they have as conservation those acres, but... All the rest of the BLM land being turned into conservation, that would mean it would be open to leases from any group, which would then close that land off to the public. I mean, you couldn't just pull your coach off. Oh, I like that area right there. Let's park there. Great. You see, I, I, look, look. The, right this, now, the law is you have to 14 days on a Correct. And those laws have been around for a hundred years. I, I, I think somebody might be blowing this out of proportion. I don't know though, but before I put too much time and effort and emotion into this, I would go figure it out. I understand. I just want to, we are are talking, I I believe I'm just going to throw a number out there, but I believe there are millions of acres of BLM land. Yeah. They said, 639,000 miles of BLM west of the Rockies. Yeah, that's an awful lot of acres. If that's square miles, that's an incredible yeah. number of acres. It definitely into the millions. So there might be programs right. just like you just described to take small parts of this and do that with. They've always done that. But I, I just can't imagine there's some giant change right. coming to the BLM land and nobody's heard of it. One more other quick thing. If you, uh, I know you. I'm starting to notice. I was just out this weekend 
um, you know, buying my oil and different oil too. And I live in a pretty small town area too. And the next town is like Rockford, Illinois. But I started going to places and everyone is on card only. No more cash. They're not giving cash back. They're not accepting cash. And they've all got signs up card only. And I'm like, what? I was surprised and just wondering if it has anything to do with this event now. It's supposed to release in a few days, a week or whatever it is. What's supposed to release in a couple days? That said now, the new digital dollar. Where have you seen that that's releasing in a couple days? Uh, it's supposed to release over 4th of July weekend on, on the silence to keep everyone, you know, not as in tune as everyone's else casing, but it is targeted for the implementation to start over the 4th of July um, week. So but I was surprised, I'm, man, we're talking about GNC card only. I went to um, Farm and Fleet, no cash allowed. I went to, uh, what was the other place? Um, oh, mobile gas station. No cash back, no, not accepting cash, card only. So one of the things we can and do, I'm looking at this Fed now. There's now I, ATMs I, to convert cash in New York that will convert your cash into a card to use. So you would put cash into the machine and get back out either. Well, that's, you can put that into an account, or if you don't have that, it will actually print you a temporary debit card. That's nothing new. We've had services like that forever. You could buy gift cards. That's the same thing. You're taking cash, turning it into a digital payment. That's a gift card. That's a reloadable Visa card. Yeah. We've had those I mean, forever. What would the demand be there if people make up for it? I just what's the, what's the demand for that unless they're you know, going to be restricting from the Fed the ability to get cash? Well, Why is there I, a I, I don't know what's because going on with the Fed. Things are starting to get iffy out there, <laughs> I, I, I absolutely agree. All we can do at this point is try to stay aware of it and fight back. So if there are three gas stations on the corner and two of them don't accept cash, guess where I'm going to start giving all my business? The one that does. Exactly. And that's all we can do right now and try to stay aware of this. Um, there's a lot going on. And it it's really, really getting difficult to keep up with. Way too difficult. Let's um, let's head north of the border this time. Dylan, welcome. Hi, uh, Kevin. How are you? Good. What's on your mind? Um, just um, listening to your show a lot. I've been following uh, Joel and stuff, and uh, and I live in Canada. I've been wanting to look at uh, starting to at least run as um, uh, buy a truck to run as a power only kind of thing. A company in my in my hometown right now. I'm just wondering, like, where are the kind of things to look at in terms of a truck? Like, there's a company in Winnipeg that sells used trucks for around uh, U.S. would be about. 50, 60, 70K. Um, stop, and stop they're stop, mostly, stop, 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 stop. What I want you to do, okay. I, um, this may sound rude, I want you to listen a lot more than you talk on this call right now, okay? Because okay. I can tell you're excited okay. to tell me a whole bunch of stuff, but I, 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 I'm already hearing some warning signs. Yes. So I'm going to ask you questions. Okay. And I just need you to answer the questions right now. Don't don't go off on long stories or uh, just, just try to focus. How long have you been driving a truck? Uh, six years. Have you ever owned a truck? Uh, no. Why do you want to own one now? Just trying to 
make more money for myself and trying to I guess grow as that might be one of the worst ideas to start a business ever. You want, you want to make more money. I will tell you that 90% of the people I see buy a truck end up making less money, not more. And they work harder and they take more risk. Now, here's the thing that, that worries me. You said there's this company in Canada and they sell trucks for 60, 50, 60, 70,000. But yeah, I, I get that. There's lots and lots and lots of places that sell trucks. But when you give me these big random rent, 50, 60, 70,000, why are you focused on that company? What, what, why did you even mention that? Look, I can buy a truck everywhere, every state, every city, every town. I can go to Canada. I, I, their trucks are everywhere. I'm wondering why you focused on this one company. Who are they and what? Why are you talking about them? Uh, the only reason, the only reason why I focus on is just because out of a lot of places I've been looking, they seem to be on the like price-wise the lower end of pricing compared to other places. What, I've so why do, why do you think that might be? Probably because their equipment's not as 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 goodly kept or something. Say that again. Or they have a lot of mileage on them. Well, I don't I know. Either, have, yeah, either, yeah. Have you not, have you looked at any of that? Here's the thing: every industry, I, I every did, business yeah, is did. competitive. If somebody is selling okay. things significantly below the rest of the market, there's a reason. But my 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 bigger concern is why you're so focused on just this company, but it doesn't seem like you have any kind of a plan for this business at all. What is your budget for a truck? Right now, I'm not, uh, right now, it's about 20, like right now for in the bank, I have 20,000. That's not this. Remember when I said, listen to the questions and answer them. I said, what is right, your budget right, for right. a truck? And you said, I have $20,000 in the bank. That's not the question yeah. I asked. Yeah, what I is your budget that. for a truck? No. Um, be about 60, 70K. Okay, so what year are you looking at and what specs are you looking at? Uh, okay, so I'm looking between 2018 to 2019-ish year and I'm looking for pretty much, uh, for, uh, pretty much like CD 15 or Either the Volor freight liner and looking for something that has around. Uh, so I inspect for drive and freight majority. Majority. Uh, earlier, I thought it was power only. Well, yeah, like it is, but like the company they supply the trailers, or is that not power only? That's not power only. If you're leasing to a okay. no, you're. You, I see what you're do. You're yeah. You're confusing. You're just leasing your truck to a yeah. Car. I was confused on the term. Power only. Yeah. Means that you don't lease to a company with a bunch of dry van trailers. You lease to a company that moves all kinds of trailers around. They, they, you might go pick oh, up okay. some, then, yeah, I yeah. you, you might go pick up some giant industrial pump on a trailer where that is a trailer and move it to another job location. You might get brand new trailers and deliver okay. them to customers. You might re re spot trailers. So power only. That's not what you're talking about. You're talking about leasing to a drive in okay. company. Okay. 
So how what? Okay, I got those cards. How oh, does so so you do have a specific company you're already looking at? Yes, I do. Yeah. And what's their pay structure? My, my hometown area. Um, that I I have been talking to the guy. I haven't gone that far yet, unfortunately. I'm still trying to talk to them and understand things in that term. I just yeah. So are you a member of truckingtribe.com? Um, not yet, I don't believe. Okay, so here, you you really need to take my course. You are nowhere near ready to buy a truck. And you, and you don't seem to have any okay. kind of a plan to get you ready to buy a truck. You're just kind of randomly jumping all over. You have a carrier you're interested in, but you know nothing about them. You have a tr- company that sells trucks for okay. sixty or seventy thousand. That that's meaningless. So you, you don't have any plan here. You need right. a plan, and the best way to get a plan okay. is to take my course. So you hit okay. record or write this down or you know go back and listen again in a little bit. You go to learn and take my course. Uh, stop holding the steering wheel and start driving your business. It's a couple of hundred dollars. It's going to save you okay. thousands and thousands. You are about to make a whole bunch of mistakes. Okay. And I want to help you avoid that. So take the course and then call me every week while yeah, you're going through the course and we'll talk about it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You're, 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 all right, thank you for all the, uh, you're welcome. You're not ready yet and you don't have a plan to get ready. That's what you need. You need a plan so that you start doing the right things to get yourself ready for this and you're nowhere near there yet. Take the course, start calling me every week. We'll talk about it. Let's go to Tennessee. Gene, welcome to the program. Hello, Kevin. Hey, I got two things for just quickly. Um, one, the caller called in about the uh, why does Landstar require the hazmat? Yeah. It, I wondered that for many years myself. It's simply whenever an agent gets a hazmat load, they don't have to ensure that the driver they're giving the load is hazmat qualified. If you're a Landstar BCO, oh, you, know, that makes you have sense. your hazmat. That actually makes sense. It really does. I, I, You know, sometimes companies have weird policies and they just say, well, that's just the way we do it. But th- that actually does make sense. They have an awful lot of contractors. And you're right. It helps the agents a lot to know, look, I could offer this to anybody and whoever takes it, I, I won't have to go check. So that actually makes a lot of sense. And it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I think there are over 12,000 I mean, BCOs right now. You know what? It, my point, my thing was, look, I, I'm going to take just about every endorsement I can get on my CDL. It's a one-time thing. Once I take it, I'm done. I've got it. So why not just go get those things? Hell, get your passenger endorsement. Who knows when you might have to drive a bus? And and having that that hazmat endorsement, you're going to get out of a place that might pay a good bit better. Yeah, um, and even if somebody right now, even if somebody says, "Look, I don't care what it pays. I don't want to haul hazmat." Fine, I get it. But if you want to work at Landstar, this is their system. You don't have to ever haul hazmat. They will never force you to do it. But if you have the ability, it's not a bad thing. No, they can get you out of a situation if you don't have any other good option. Yeah. Uh, And right now, coming on the 4th of July, there's a certain product I'm moving around that pays very, very well right now. (laughs) There you go. That makes sense. And the second thing I had... uh, with the air conditioning systems for in the truck, yeah, Steve we- Steve Wheeler 
went and got, it's a company called Electric APU. They're in Illinois. And uh, Steve has this now in both of his trucks and is just ecstatic about it. Uh, it works very well. I mean, it, whenever it's in line for me to put into my truck here, whenever I get a couple of things knocked out of the way, it's, I believe, around eight to $10,000 to have it put in. It runs uh, some battery technology that's been established in Europe uh, going down through. And uh, like I said, Steve has had this in his trucks, and he's very satisfied, along with a couple other people I know that have them as well. But uh, Joel, I, I believe you're familiar with Steve, and he does a lot of Oh, yeah, Steve. Yeah. And Joel's running battery APUs. We're there. They're not perfect yet. They get better and better every year. Our battery technology is getting better. We're getting closer to solid state. So I, I like I said, even... You know, if you put in a battery system to run one of these mini splits or these back wall units, it, it's not that difficult and it doesn't take up a lot of space to go buy one of these small generators and strap it on back there. And if you ever run out of battery, flip the generator on. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's an easy process. And some of these uh, inverter generators now are, say, they're running, you know, 20 some hours on a gallon of fuel. Yeah, so it, it, yeah, they're pretty damn efficient. So, uh, there's a lot of, op you know, and, and Steve may have found one. We're, we're getting now to where these options are true plug and play. Whereas before you had to be pretty handy and we were hacking these things together, but we're getting full blown, walk in, have it installed. It's not going to be cheap. It's just not this, this technology is yeah. expensive. You're, you're going to spend money on this unless you want to go the DIY route and you can do it pretty cheap if you're willing to do the work yourself. And this system is that that was installed for that $8,000 whatnot, and you do not have to upgrade your alternator either. It runs off the power supplied from your, your uh, standard generator to keep everything charged up. What's that? You broke up. I said it, it, you don't have to do an upgrade on your alternator or your car. Oh, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Truck. Right. Oh. All right. But, uh, Good stuff. Yeah, that's uh, all I had. All right, we're going to grab another call. I will tell you, this is my last call. So if you want to jump in, you should do it now. Let's go to Missouri. Dale, welcome. Yeah, Kevin, um, I got to tell you, the heat pump thing for your house, uh, my first heat pump that I had had electric emergency backup heat, and I seen this red light come on on my thermostat that said emergency heat. I was talking to my older brother, and he goes, oh, God, he goes, that better be an emergency. He goes, go outside and look at your meter. <laughs> you can damn near rip plywood with that I, if you I, put a skill saw on blade. I'm not So kidding. anyways, what I did, yeah. I went, I um, I got rental properties. You and I have talked about that in the past. But what I did is I put a uh, heat pump with a propane backup in it, and that propane furnace is so efficient, it vents with plastic straight out the wall. And when I need my emergency heat, it's not even a big deal because, I mean, these propane furnaces are so efficient now. They're up in the high 80s right. and 90% efficiency. Right. They, yeah, they reclaim the heat. They've, they've got a, a heat exchanger in there to take the heat out of the exhaust. And now, if you was ever going to do something different with your heat pump in your house, you got one of them, you would absolutely love it. I promise you. Because I've owned, uh, well, at the house we built, I've stuck two separate systems, one for the downstairs and one for the upstairs, because uh, the downstairs only took like a, a I mean, it doesn't take anything to heat or cool that. Yeah, so we, we've... But, uh, uh, I absolutely love the propane backup. 
Yeah, that that's not a bad way to go at all. And I've got a big buried propane tank because we did the in-floor heat and that's all on. We put in an on-demand water heater for that, tied the on-demand system into our regular hot water. So we've got a storage tank and hot on-demand. So there's enough of the house that has the hot water heat that, you know, I can keep things pretty warm anyway, but it's when, you know, the other thing, when that emergency heat pump comes on, I don't have to look at the thermostat. I can tell you it came on. I can smell it. Oh, and the, the heat is almost like heat that comes out of a fireplace blower. It is. I mean, it's, that, it's hot. That air is extremely hot. It is. And it smells funny. It smells kind of hot and burnt. And But yeah, the, the power consumption from those emergency backup, because it's just, it's just electric strip heat is all it is. It's horribly inefficient. Hey, and I got to ask you something. Uh, your, your cardio miracle product you carry? Yeah. I bought some of that quite a while back. It was a long time ago. You had a sale and you buy two and you get these little packets to go and all that stuff. Anyway, I started taking that and uh, my stick-to-itiveness just didn't stick with it. And I started noticing right away with that cardio miracle. My blood pressure, I was in it about five weeks pretty, I'll say religiously. And then I started tapering off. But I couldn't sleep, so I started just taking it. Uh, once a day, and that may be why my blood pressure never did drop. But uh, I just had too much damn energy. I could not go to sleep. But uh, anyhow, uh, now that I've quit taking it, my uh, if I sleep on my side, my my fingers will go numb. And uh, like if I'm uh, putting together something intricate or something like that, working with tools too long, I'm literally back to the point where I'm shaking my fingertips. And yeah, my feet are fine, none of that. But huh. man, my my hands just get numb as hell. That's weird. But, um, do you suppose that stuff? I noticed that was the first benefit I noticed from that is I could sleep on my side and my hand would. Well, that's sleep. a that's kind of a big deal. I mean that that is a definite change yeah, that, in that circulation really levels, right? No, no, I, I now yeah the too much energy thing is one of my problems with sleep. It's not the only one, but it's one, and and it's sometimes it's like the healthier I get, the less sleep I need, but. What do you do with the other 20 hours of the day when I'm sleeping for? I, you know, I don't want to work that much. Right. So it, it's kind of frustrating, and I, I still have not solved it. I mean, I, I'm, and I think I'm not going to solve my sleep issue until I could really alter my work schedule. And, and I just don't want to. I mean, there's too much I want to be doing. I, there's work work I want to do. There's projects. There's the garden. I want to go wing foiling. It's summertime. The days are long. I just realized most of the summer I'm probably going to sleep four to five hours a night, and that's going to be it. Have if you I ever, ever tried testosterone? It, I'll let everybody know. Um, I do not believe in testosterone therapy at all. Um, I do believe that when your testosterone no. levels are higher, you will feel much better. But I believe in just doing all the net. I, I've tested my testosterone levels. I have I have healthy levels for an 18 year old. So it's it's not testosterone levels for me. But I don't I don't take anything okay. to increase testosterone. I eat lots of animals and I lift heavy stuff once in a while, and that seems to be enough. Okay. Just wondering what your opinion of that was. But, yeah, uh, I'm not a believer. Other than that, that's in, still a in, product you carry, I would imagine, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's one of our most popular by far. Yeah, I'm probably gonna have to get back on that. Cause that's just it's, I've been off of it for 
quite a few weeks. I went through a jar and a half of it, and then I tapered off of it, and now I'm getting and, back to this tingly finger stuff. And and I, I'm, I'm, I really, I really don't like it. You know, I, I have some supplements that I now consider like the daily trio. So, you know, I've got something good for my brain something good for my heart, and something good for my muscles. Those seem to be the three supplements that I've just got to take no matter how clean my diet is. And and I, I think when we had uh, light balance on the other day, um, I think we, I finally, it dawned on me what was happening. Because I kept thinking, I keep eating healthier and healthier. The meat I eat is, is it's just as good as it's going to get. The vegetables this time of year all come out of my own garden. I mean, the garden's cranking this time of year. You can't eat much better. And yet I still need supplements. Yep. And I kept thinking, why? What am I missing here? Well, I'm, I might be consuming enough of these things, the minerals and some of this other stuff, but our lifestyle Th- those those minerals get consumed when they're in our body. If they didn't, we would only have to take minerals one time to get our levels up, but w- we consume those minerals. We consume these nutrients. And it's not that we're not taking in enough. It's that our lifestyle is causing us to consume too many. Stress, chemicals, all these other things about our modern life that hunter-gatherers never had to deal with. And that's consuming these things. Right. That's why we have to supplement them. That makes sense. Yeah, it finally but, uh, makes uh, sense. But by the way, to with me. your garden, did you do any strawberries? I, did you do any strawberry? Excuse me, straw bales. I yes, I did. I've got uh, 10, 10 bales, I think. With um, I, I tend to grow. I, I did that as well. I tend to grow all of my vine-like plants, so uh, squashes, cucumbers. Um, melons, anything that grows on big, long vines, they tend to do really well in the hay bales. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm kind of a fan of them already. I, uh, I, I like them. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I, I like that. I live in the, the one year just for the fun of it. I did tomatoes that did fantastic in a hay bale. I did peppers that did excellent hay bales, uh, but at, for the most part, I put them out at the edge of my property, and then I let the vines grow out away up from the bales, and it works fantastic. What I did is I stuck zucchini, squash, uh, potatoes, oh yeah, uh, a lot of tomatoes, and a lot of peppers and onions. And that's awesome. what I did. But I only got 10 bales out there, but everything in there, and I, I did try some carrots in there and a little bit of lettuce, but my local uh, cottontail rabbit, so they, <laughs> they like that lettuce pretty well. So yeah, they there, got it and I didn't. But. There you go. Now the, the hay bales are pretty uh, pretty cool way of growing things. Let's go to Pennsylvania. Mike, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Hope you're having a great day today. I am. What's on your mind? I'm uh, on the, well, on the hazmat issue and all that, you have it all the time. The only kind of problem with it is uh, since all this, you know, 9-11 and all that, so every five years or whatever, you have to go and take another uh, fingerprint and all that, spend another $130, like every four or five years to keep your... Okay. Uh, yeah, that doesn't seem, like, yeah, that doesn't seem like to be any big deal. I mean, really... Um, it, yeah, it's not a big deal. Every, yeah, just one of every those Every time things. you have to renew your license, you have to retake the hazmat. It's not yeah. a big thing. Uh, but, so... <clears throat> 
Oh, I was thinking I'm talking to something else, but I can't remember what it was now. But anyway, you have a great day, sir. All right. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. All right. It looks like we're uh, we're going to wrap okay. this up for the day. We are uh, out of calls. 1030. That was a good time. Uh, two and a half hours. Not a bad show for a Monday, uh, considering I didn't have much today. Uh, tomorrow will be the power hour. Wednesday, we've got a guest on Destination Health. We'll be talking about copper and silver again. The last time we had that show, it was pretty awesome. So uh, got some new things I want to talk about. That'll be Wednesday. Uh, For the most part, a pretty normal week. We'll be doing Twitter spaces on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Um, I may play around with some new technology I thought I was going to today, but I did find a glitch. Got to go work on, so... We will see you back here tomorrow. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.